0: On this week's episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, we're going to talk about Carlos Correa signing with his third team of the offseason. Will this one finally stick? There were also extensions for players like Rafael Devers and Sean Murphy, which made tons of headlines. Some teams with playoff aspirations made some blockbuster trades, trying to secure their spot in the postseason. And which team do you think had the best and the worst offseasons this winter find out what we think coming up right now hello listeners my name is alex Johnets, and i am joined as always by my co-host travis miller i am more of a stats nerd and he was a total stud on his d3 college team this is the two tools baseball podcast enjoy
1: Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 86. Alex and I are coming to you live. It is Wednesday, January 11th. Alex, we're in the new year, 2023, first episode of 2023. So exciting stuff so far. Uh, Lots and lots of free agency and trade moves happening over the break uh, since our last recording before Christmas, so Uh, teams some teams getting better some teams kind of packing it up and starting to get their trade pieces out to the open market but um, an exciting time for baseball alex i mean we're less than two weeks away from the hall of fame results being announced that of course will be a fun episode to cover in the next couple weeks Um, and then we are five weeks away until pitchers and catchers report for the 2023 season Um, some really good stuff there and then of course two months away officially until the world baseball classic begins. I think it's March 11th or 10th. It might be different days around the world. I know some games are being held in uh, in either Japan or Taiwan, but uh, I know America kicks off in Phoenix, Arizona, and that is really exciting. Actually, I think a couple of weeks ago, I was actually looking back at some of the old baseball classics and it's funny looking at some of the players, that played in some of those World Baseball Classics back in 2006, 2009. Um, one name that popped out, Alex, is that Guriel, old Guriel, Yuli Guriel of the Houston Astros. Yeah, I know he's a free agent still right now, but he was on Team Cuba for the 2006 World Baseball Classic Cuba Cuba team that lost to Japan in the final. So, I mean, it's it's funny to see a guy like that that came in in the league. Um, kind of an old man in his 30s, was not in his primetime days as he spent in Cuba, but you got to see him at bat. You got to see him at bat against, you know, and it might be even Dice K. Machizak or someone like that. But um, really exciting time. I know you and I are really pumped for this World Baseball Classic. It should be really fun. Um, but we'll start, of course, with the MLB trades and news to, uh, to kick everything off. And I guess we really can't start the episode off until, you know, really – to start with the biggest guy on the free agent block. And I mean, Alex, it's I feel like I've been watching a drama TV show for the past month. Uh, The name is Carlos Correa. So about one month ago, breaking news, he's going to the San Francisco Giants. He was finalized for about one week, but did not pass his physical or at least the Giants did not seem to like what he was bringing to his physical uh, on the medical side. So. The Mets picked him up our last episode. I think it was a couple days before Christmas, December 20th, I believe. Mets pick him up. He's going to be the third baseman. That is going to be one of the most deadliest left sides in Major League Baseball. Lindor Correa for 10 plus years. He doesn't pass his physical for the Mets. So another team swoops in, and the old team that had him last year, a team that we, I, I think we all wrote off at the beginning of this off season that they are not gonna re-sign this guy, but the Minnesota Twins reclaim Carlos Correa, get him to a six-year $200 million deal, that's $33 million AAV, so more AAV money than the Mets and the Giants deals, but I mean, Alex, we, we watched this guy go from team to other teams to other cities i mean he went from west coast to east coast now to the midwest it's just it's unbelievable and i'm happy to report he did pass his physical for the minnesota twins so let's start off with that alex thoughts on the deal thoughts on just the whole entire scenario
0: yeah it's crazy travis our last two episodes before this one i think i both like titled it like starting off uh, about how Correa was a giant now. And then in the last <laughs> yeah. episode, uh, I was about how Correa was a Met and the Mets win the offseason. It's crazy how <laughs> hopefully this time we're going to be locked in. It seems like we're all good to go. Um, Like you said, the physical um, is all good. I mean, I'm sure the physical, it's the same physical. It's just the twins are are okay with taking the risk. Um, Bless years. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say that whatever they're seeing in the physical, it must be something that's real right yes i mean they're not just being overly worried because You just look at some of the other deals the shortstops have signed this offseason, talking about guys like Bogarts. We'll we'll see it was over 10 years for someone who's just like Mm -hmm. almost 30. I'm not sure his exact age. But then, yeah, and then you you look at what Seager got in the last offseason. Trey Turner this
1: offseason, 11 years, yeah.
0: And the guaranteed money for uh, Correa, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's less than what Swanson's being guaranteed by the Cubs. Mm -hmm. So it's just like it just really goes to show – Whatever the concern is, it must be somewhat legitimate. It's really too bad that the injury popped up in his contract year because, um, you know, if he, you know, he went with the the interesting scenario um, last off season with the like uh, short term deal with the Twins with opt outs, which seemed like a good idea at the time, even though he could have like just tried to secure a bit of a bigger bag somewhere else. But yeah, at the end of the day, Travis, it really seems like. He's not going to get the kind of money that he probably deserves based on what he's outputting in terms of his past production. At the same time, he's still going to be set for life, of course. And, you know, glad that he's getting some sort of security, even though six years is not quite as much as some of the other guys who I think he is better than. So that's just the way it goes, I guess, given his medical, uh, you know, results. But some sort of injury in the ankle or foot, I think, on a slide. But he played games afterwards, and I'm not sure if there's just lasting damage to a bone or something or what the exact deal is, if they think he'll need surgery at some point in the future. Who knows for sure? But um, I think the Twins are definitely a big winner of the last week since, or the last couple weeks since we last recorded just because Correa is going to have so much impact for them. They are a team, Travis, who, I mean, I think as an Angels fan – someone who's just hoping to be a wild card team you know you're almost kind of excited that the twins might be kind of falling out of that race yeah you're like oh he's gonna go to the nl west that'll be fun he's gonna go uh, compete against the Dodgers with the Giants. That'll be fun. Oh no, wait. He's actually going to go to the NL East. That'll be fun. He's going to be, uh, you know, in this big powerhouse Mets team going up against, you know, a team like the Braves who recently won World Series. The Phillies who just were in the World Series. That's going to be the most fun division to watch in baseball. Oh wait, no. He's actually going to go back to this Twins team that's kind of frisky. You sent me a message, Travis, that you think that they're kind of like um, sleeper they're definitely a sleeper sleeper. they might flirt with the playoff race you know we'll kind of see how it goes the central feels like it's pretty much up for grabs and also there is some uncertainty in the uh, american league wild card travis like if you told me texas is going to be in that race i'd believe you if you told me the angels be in that race i'll believe you mariners some people might have them for the division i think they're going to be probably more likely a wild card team in that kind of race and then the east travis is just like you know the rays who knows they're always in the mix the jays have the talent you know will Baltimore make a jump? You know, Red Sox, who knows? It's just very interesting how, um, I feel like there's so many horses that want to be in that race that the twins are not kind of saying, Hey, we're not going to just like, let this guy walk away. They got Korea back. They're going to be in that race in some capacity. Um, at some level so we'll kind of see how they shape up but they added gallo um i mean they made additions all around the all around the uh the diamond and, and i think having shortstop a uh, correa just like kind of locked in for the next six years no opt-outs between now and in and the in and the, and the first six years so he's going to be a twin for six years borrowing any trade so you know it, it's exciting for that fan base of course and they're going to have a chance at the, at the division i mean the white Sox are a team that we all thought last year was going to run away with it they must just not Be exactly what we thought they could be, and it feels like it's up for grabs. Guardians, White Sox, Twins all have a shot here. Um. And so I guess give me your thoughts on the twins looking in the next season at some point in the future. We'll do like a full breakdown of all the divisions, but just your first thoughts on the twins and what they've done so far and how much does bringing Correa back affect their kind of playoff hopes?
1: Yeah, I I definitely was looking at the Minnesota twins uh, pre Carlos Correa signing this deal and was, you know, I I think it was almost an easy pencil in to say that they were going to be competing probably for, um, you know, I I would say a, a third or a second place spot now, I think it definitely opens up the window for them to win the American League Central if everything goes right. If you get a full healthy season of Carlos Correa and Byron Buxton, Alex, I mean, you're looking right there at, I mean, about a 13 to... I mean, you're looking probably at a strong 13 war from those guys. I mean, both guys are capable of putting up seven, six to eight war seasons with the defense and the hitting. So that, of course, is really exciting. You got Luis Arias and... um Thinking of the first name, but Polanco.
0: Jorge Polanco. Jorge
1: Polanco. But you got Aries and Polanco on the right side, and then the left side with Correa. And then we saw um Juan Miranda actually have a good season last year, had some good months. I'm excited yes. to see him come back for his sophomore year at the third base spot. That's what's projected. And then, of course, the outfield, you have Gallo there's no shift this year again he is one guy i want people to circle to see if he can somehow come back to reality and have a gallo type of season the average will not be good but the on base and the slugging should be very good of course and that's where his numbers he could be an easy 900 ops guy for the twins
0: um i'm interested to see if he can feast off al central pitching you know obviously there's some good pitching teams the guardians have some pitching depth and stuff like that but you know him playing in the AL east which it feels like every team in the division was hungry at uh, yes. most yep. of the season last year and then with the dodgers you know they were just a team that um you know didn't really have time to waste uh at bats and give them a the gallows I, i'm kind of excited to see if they give him a full-time role in minnesota and they are kind of um you know he gets chances versus like you know the the tigers and mm-hmm. the royals teams i really feel like he's a chance to kind of get back into his groove so to speak
1: yeah and, and, and of course on the catcher spot you got um christian uh, vasquez coming to the minnesota twins he's of course strictly contact so it's kind of fun to see how some of these guys uh are you know no, there's no contact in their game like gallo and even buxton buxton has a very low batting average but you got a guy like vasquez who is a contact driven catcher arias a contact driven first baseman um utility infielder so i i'm very optimistic i'm really excited to see what minnesota has to bring this year um it's definitely going to be a dogfight i think now for that that wild cards but i think A couple episodes back i was talking to you and we'll talk about this later on as the uh, spring training season progresses and as we get more into that but um it, it definitely made the wild card and the american league central a little bit more competitive now you definitely see a guardians team a white Sox team and a twins team um you know Pretty good loaded right there. And, and I, I think they'll be, they'll be fun to compete against each other uh for that division. And then of course the the loser will be competing for that wild card spot, which we've seen a lot of teams now in the American League make significant upgrades to their rosters. So I'm excited to see it. Um Carlos Correa, yes, it kind of sucks that he'll be ending this contract when he's about 34, 35. So then you kind of ask the question, what happens there? Will he be another guy that, you know, might get a four or five year deal after that as like a third baseman or at another spot? Um, Will his shortstop days be over once he's uh, he's finished that contract with the twins? We'll see. Um, But they're definitely getting a great shortstop and a great player right now to really make a push to hopefully win this division this year and the next coming year so um, it'll be exciting to see Alex the next team will kind of move it down to it'll be one team that definitely they had Correa they had Correa for one week it's it's the San Francisco Giants I wanted to just briefly touch on them over the last couple of weeks, they did sign Michael Conforto to a two-year, $36 million deal. We have not seen Conforto play, I believe, since 2021. I, he, I know he missed all, all of last season, um, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how he uh, contributes to the Giants this year after being off for one year. Um, and then, of course, getting Taylor Rogers, the left-handed relief pitcher for three years 33 million dollars and this is really fun because now you got both rogers brothers on the same team I believe both, no, no, one guy's a righty, one guy's a lefty. <laughs> right. Um, both guys, though, are very effective and have had very effective seasons in their career. So that is going to be fun to see how Gabe Kapler uh, really kind of pairs them too. If he if he goes one guy in one inning and the next guy in the other inning, I mean, hitters will be seeing completely different pitches uh, from both Rogers brothers. But uh, you saw they missed out on Judge, you know, MLB reporters, they reported even that judge was going to go to the San Francisco Giants that did not happen then of course they get they get Correa for a good week and then of course physical fails and they lose Correa so you kind of get some of these other guys to help out with the depth I still think the Giants can be a very fun team they got Hanager they got some pitching options I know they did lose um Rodon. Rodon. Yes, they did lose uh, left-handed pitcher Rodon, but I still think they're going to be a, a a fun and a competitive team in that National League West and in the Wild Card, of course. But um, what are your thoughts so far on the Giants? With they they go for the two big fish, they kind of have them but then they strike out on them but now they get some more depth pieces uh to pair with some of these other guys what do you got to say so far for the giants this year for this offseason
0: yeah i'm not i'm not too high on them mostly just because i think that the dodgers and padres are a good step above uh the giants and that's gonna be you know a a good portion of their games i also feel like the diamondbacks are kind of rising we'll talk about them a bit later but um yeah i think that (laughs) The Conforto contract, I wrote here Conforto Boris because he is a Boris client. And for those that don't know, Boris is the agent for like... What, what would you say? Like 75% of the stars of MLB, it uh, feels uh, like.
1: Yeah. All the good stars definitely come from Boris. You got Judge and you got Correa, of course, coming from Boris.
0: And and like the, in the past off seasons, I think, isn't Cole Boris? Eric Cole is, yes. Rendon is Boris. I mean, everyone, yep. every, yep. all these like big contracts of the last, uh, you know, five plus years, even going back further than that, it's Boris is like always in the mix and you know, he's just really a, must be a good negotiator or something. But anyways... I wrote down Boris in parentheses because I feel like, you know, this is just maybe it's just me being conspiracy theory, but I feel like that the Giants maybe wanted to not leave the offseason on bad terms with Boris after the Korea thing <laughs> fell through because they signed a, a, a what would have been a really monstrous deal for Carlos. And then for that to fall through, um, I think it definitely was just something where you don't want to kind of leave that bad taste in Boris's mouth because if mm-hmm. you're doing negotiations with another one of his clients down the road, um, you don't want him to have be out be out uh, against you kind of so or favoring some other teams in negotiations. But not that Boris is petty. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. But he's always going to do what's best for his client, probably. Yep. But either way, I thought the Conforto signing was funny um just because it's almost like hey boris like we'll sign someone else of yours just to kind of be on good terms with you but uh, i had that as a note that was kind of funny but uh, we'll see what conforto does travis i have no idea what to expect from him Mm -hmm. after missing i think it's the last two years right yes 2020 he had a pretty good short season and if i'm not mistaken
1: i I think there was banged up with some injuries i know there was doubt and of course last year it was the whole season yeah and he's going to a pitching friendly ballpark one of the worst hitting ballparks in major league baseball so you got to kind of look at that as well and say hey will these numbers be um ops plus will definitely be a good indicator if he's having a good season or not but um it, it will be it will be interesting to see exactly how he comes right. out with this contract the two-year deal
0: yeah so i'm not i'm and so adding conforto and hanninger yeah. you know it's some good depth i'll, I'll, I'll agree but Um, I think just based on what could have been, it's definitely uh, probably one of the most tortured fan bases. I mean, Travis, could you imagine if like Angels missed out on both Judge and being linked heavily to Judge, Heyman tweets, John Heyman tweets, arson Judge signs to (laughs) to Giants and like because he was rushing it and he wanted to be first and he spelled it wrong and then it ends up not even being true and he says like, sorry guys, but (laughs) I I can't even imagine that happening. And then you get Correa and there's a press conference scheduled with the Jersey reveal and all that stuff. And then it gets postponed and you start just like shaking in your boots. You're just like, how well, It's not gonna happen again. Right. Yeah. And of course it does. So based on what could have been, um, I'm really kind of a bit low on the giants, but I think they're a very smart team. They yeah. find ways to kind of bring in interesting pitchers and get a lot out of them. I think uh, Cobb for them is like one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball right now. I really like a lot of his underlying numbers. Um, he gets good ground ball, weak contact kind of stuff going, um also uh they got a ton out of gosman and earned him a new deal when he of course left they got a ton out of Rodon, got him a new deal he of course left wondering who might be next on their kind of starting pitching uh you know radar in terms of you know maybe they can try to get someone else they already have to kind of break out a bit but um i I have faith with them to be good but not too great so we'll kind of see how, how uh, they shape up in their division, but I I would I would not really have them in my playoff bubble at the moment at all.
1: And it kind of sucks because you just mentioned Gosman and Rodon. I mean, imagine if you would have locked these guys up for longer term deals. I and mean, I know I know the Giants have money. I mean, San Francisco is a, a a very a very rich market, so I know they have money to spend. But it's just funny that you could have had you know imagine a, a starting rotation with Gosman and Rodon, and then of course you got other guys coming in as well. Um, it, it it definitely could have been a very fun. Um, competition with the Padres and the Dodgers to to really fight for that National League West. I mean, we saw 2021. I mean, it, it, it definitely was in some ways a fluke with the 107 what wins that year. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that was just out of nowhere. We definitely saw that everyone was just clicking um and Darren now, Darren Ruff was, right. was hitting well uh and, and Belt's
0: gone now yes. of course Posey's gone so that
1: yep. whole regime is
0: pr- is kind of different I'd yes. say
1: um I think when Posey retired um which was last year it definitely was it, it felt like that regime was is is coming is is basically ended because Posey I think was the captain he was the guy that really probably had a lot of good influence on those guys and in, in getting them going so um now you have of course um i think it's joey bart is now the uh the, yeah, the new guy youngster. the new catcher we'll the, see if yeah.
0: he's, he's been someone who's been like a kind of highly rated prospect for a good yeah. while we'll see if he can break out um they're a smart team travis i yes. think they're president of baseball operations i think his name is farhan like zaidi yes. and he came um, from the dodgers he, he yeah he's someone who I, I mean i definitely would trust him with you know the decisions in the front office but at the end of the day um i think Smart baseball, smart front office decisions mixed with spending money is like the best way to get the most, and that's what the Dodgers have done. And they year after year are like the most impressive regular season team. So, um, we'll see what the Giants end up doing, but I'm not, you know, I'm not too high, not too low
1: on them. Yeah, yeah, again they're in a division with the Dodgers and the Padres. that's the only that's the only fault to them if they're in the National League Central or the American League Central then we could have a different we could have a different discussion to'd be a fun uh debate for them to possibly win the division but um, let's now move over to a team Alex that again I, I've had a very confusing offseason judging them I just don't kind of know where they're going but they did make one very nice and very strong signing slash extension over the last couple of weeks that is the Boston Red Sox they, Finally inked up Rafael Devers to an 11-year, $332 million deal. It's the sixth largest in terms of uh, total money throughout the period of of the term that is, uh, that's ever been given out to a Major League Baseball player. So kudos to Rafael Devers. He was definitely earning of a big contract. Um, you know, he definitely was deserving of it. So uh, I'm happy the Red Sox and him were able to finalize something. I think the pressure on the Red Sox was... Um, was just so large considering they just lost Bogarts. And if you would have lost Devers, I think the fan base definitely would have took taken a step back. It would have and been a disaster it, 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 with the it, fans. It, it would have been, it definitely would have been a disaster with the fans. I think they would have definitely had a question mark on what are we doing? We lost Betts, we lost Bogarts, we have lost so many great guys. And now we basically lose Devers who's young, who is, I think he still has um, his best seasons to come. And we're basically giving him away if they traded him somewhere, but now they get him on an 11 year deal um that's awesome to see he'll be the third baseman of the franchise most likely and when we do this podcast in (laughs) in 20 years alex and we talk about the all-time red sox team i'm sure he'll replace um wade boggs as the all-time third baseman for the red sox that's gonna be a fun uh guy to watch grow in that system for that long i know they're gonna kind of have to go through somewhat of a rebuild as of right now with the roster that we've seen but he's definitely a good piece to build around but they extend him they ink Corey Kluber, starting pitcher to a one-year $10 million deal. Um, Corey Kluber was one guy we were talking about in the last, last podcast. He was one of the best starting pitchers left in the free agency market. And it really seemed from all the reports that he wanted to stay on the East Coast. And so now he is going to stay on the East Coast for one year, uh, $10 million. I think that was almost the same year deal he might have gotten a couple years back with the Yankees. So again, kind of interesting that he's able to still leverage and get that much money. Um, Even though last year, he definitely did have a good season. Some of the underlying numbers were still very good for Kluber. He's not going to, of course, be um, 2017 Cleveland Indians, Corey Kluber, but he's still going to be a very good three, four, five guy in your rotation. Um, So of course, getting him onto the Red Sox, it should be interesting to see exactly what he provides Um, Now that he spent a season with the Yankees, with the Rays, and now with the Red Sox, he's, he's just been finishing up his career on the East Coast. Um, but news that came out today, Alex, so they get these two guys or at least extend Devers, get Kluber, but there is a big subtraction in their lineup, in their team right now. Trevor Story just had a successful uh, surgery on his UCL. I think that's very similar to Tommy John from what all the reports yes. were saying. Um, but he will miss a good chunk of 2023. I think that honestly, he'll probably be coming back after the All-Star break, if, I, if that's my best they, guesstimation. They, I
0: think there is a chance he doesn't play at all. I okay. think I think what okay. they were saying is like... Um, Uh, what i heard was like uh heim bloom said like we're not ruling out his return this year yeah which to me if i was a fan i'd be like wait you're not ruling out his return it sounds like you think there's a chance he might not return though so we'll see how that goes
1: and and that's what makes everything interesting is that they did not want to go out and re-sign bogarts they didn't want to go out and get another shortstop so i mean now i guess you're kind of rolling with i'm i I, i've seen speculation and, and projections i mean people are saying kike will be the starting day shortstop with um, Christian Arroyo as the second baseman, and um, I, I think it's it's Casas Kas, or, or Casas Casas um, as the first baseman. It, it's just a very interesting infield, of course, with um, with the Diamond third baseman Rafael Devers. But um, and then of course your outfield with um, Jared Duran and um, Alex Verdugo. I, I, again, it, it's going to be a very interesting year for the Red Sox. I'm not too high on them, of course. I, I could be wrong and they definitely have, they have the new Japanese guy that just came in. I think he's going to play left or right field for them. Um, but again, I, I don't know what to make of them right now. Of course, I, I'm definitely ruling them as the five seed in the American League East. The Red Sox though, have always proved people wrong. So I definitely know that they can have some smart months or some seed or some some some, some put some put some weeks together where they can get on a winning streak and, and actually make things interesting. But again, I'm not high on the Red Sox so far. The Trevor Story subtraction, um, even though he did not have a great season last year, he's definitely going to be a big part of that offense if he was healthy. So, I mean, again, with, those, with all those additions and now that subtraction, Alex, give me your take so far on the Boston Red Sox. What do you see in 2023?
0: Yeah, I think they've had some of the most turnover in all of baseball, especially among relevant teams, looking at this time last year to this time this year. Let's just look at this time last year. Since then, they've lost, like you mentioned, they lost story to injury. Um, They're going to lose him for a while. Uh, They lost Bogarts. They've lost J.D. Martinez. Ivaldi. now we'll talk about him later, but he's mm-hmm. now on a new team. Um, the pitching has really left, I think, uh, in a lot of ways. I do like the Kluber signing. I, I think I said in the last episode that I would think he's a good fit for any team just trying to add some pitching depth. Um, there's still upside that he brings, I think, uh, good stuff on his uh, pitches. But, um, yeah, the I think his name is Yoshida, the out, the yeah. Japanese yep. outfielder. Mm-hmm. I, I saw some projections, and you know they weren't too high on what he might be able to do at the MLB level. Of course, it's always kind of hit and miss, and mm-hmm. some guys, um, when they make a move internationally to the MLB, it may take some time to get uh, warmed up to the speed of things, and some guys might... Um, be a good right away. Like say a Suzuki, I remember like his first week was like a monstrous with how many yeah. walks, how many walks he has like walking like three times a game for his first week or something like that. But so we'll see how he kind of adjusts um, if he's going to be a high impact bat early or not. But either way, I think there's just a lots of tension going on in Boston. I, I remember reading a quote about um, Alex Cora, their manager had a disagreement with like Heim Bloom, the president of baseball um, about, where to use Kike Hernandez? I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Cora really liked him in center field as a good glove for center field, mm-hmm. and I think Hein Bloom was like, "We we want him to be the shortstop or something like that." I hope I'm not switching it up, but either way, it's just really funny to me how um, Cora might not have a choice, right? You might not yeah. you not you might yeah. not be able to use him in center field because you didn't keep Bogarts. Story is going to be hurt, and he might just not. They might not sign another in middle infielder, so you might be forced to use Kike uh, as as a shortstop, which obviously he can do. But um, we'll kind of see how it goes. Like you said, Jaron Duran could be playing center field. If that's the case, he's someone who has not really proven to be a great bat uh, in the MLB level quite yet. Um, we'll see what they can get from a guy like Tristan Casas, who's uh, uh, supposed to be a really good prospect for them, a good hitter, just kind of a, you know, first base DH Mm -hmm. type. So we'll see if he can mash, but I mean, they also looking at like last year compared to this year of course they traded away catcher christian vasquez um i think reese mcguire is their catcher if i'm not yes, mistaken yeah, now so Reece it's just McGuire like right now. it's just like the
1: team who was look, the blue jays like fourth string guy it, th- it, beginning it, of last year if
0: you just took a, a screenshot of this date like a like a year ago their whole lineup versus today i feel like it's just so different somehow yeah. and yet devers Thankfully, like we said, thankfully for the fan base, they locked him in. If they were somehow like whispers at this deadline of like a trade for like Devers is on the block, low key, it's like that. I could not imagine how depressing it'd be to be a Red Sox fan. If really, their, their whole, ever since this whole uh, century, Travis, since yeah. 2000, they've been in championship mode, yes. right? Yeah. They have championship expectations. And ever since 2018, it feels like they've been kind of taking some steps back from that. Of course, had a great run to the ALCS. We're just two games from the World Series in 2021. But it still felt like that was kind of something. They kind of bottled something up special there, mm-hmm. winning the wild card game. Um, not sure that they actually were on that level. Uh, but even still. Kike was on that level. <laughs> Kike was, was on fire. Schwarber was on fire for them. But like that's what I'm saying. Like A lot of guys on that team, Schwarber, Bogarts, JD, they're not on the team anymore. Yep. Um, a m- bunch of pitchers, too uh you know they had evaldi was big for them Mm -hmm. um yeah there's just there's just lots of things that make me kind of think that they're still like in a transition phase and a lot of these smart teams travis they kind of it feels like they're almost always in a transition phase right i I feel like they're kind of similar to the giants and the rays are always just like turning over like oh we'll give you this guy for that guy we'll give you this guy for that guy they're never they're never rebuilding and they're never like oh this is our year yes they're kind of always just trying to tweak and uh, make things a little bit better in their view by their projections. So I'm excited to kind of see how the Red Sox shape up if they can kind of, uh, you know, catch lightning or something. But I, I'm not I'm not too sold on what they've done so far. There's a lot of subtractions with the good additions. I do like you mentioned this the the story piece because um, I really feel like. I don't even know what their depth is, right? Like, yeah. I feel like Arroyo was like a depth piece, but now you might ask him to start a lot more than you expect. Mm-hmm. I guess Dalbeck might be a depth piece, but I'm, I'm just not really sure exactly what to expect from their offensive production. I don't love the lineup after like the fifth spot, probably. So we'll kind of see how things shape up, especially with the, you know, the uncertainty there with Yoshida and guys like Casas who are like youngsters or international players. So oh. we'll see what they shape up into, but I'm not, I'm, there's, so much talent in the AL East that they're not towards the top of my list there yeah
1: yeah it just seems like the 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 Orioles and the Red Sox will definitely be um, in competition for that four spot I feel like I mean I know the Rays have not made some significant moves but I just feel like the Rays of course like we said they they always figure a way to get it done so I can't really rule them out I, I'm pretty sure the Rays will be a top three team this year in the American League East uh, and then of course Yankees and Blue Jays they'll most likely be fighting it out for the division but the Yankees have been so Um, impactful with their just their moves and their additions this this offseason but uh, it's funny with the Red Sox too you go out and I think it's Chris Martin and Kenley Jansen are added to the bullpen they get a lot of different guys for the pitching staff in in a whole. when I talk about the starting pitching and also with the bullpen that again it just feels like they're getting a lot of big names or guys that had good seasons in the past or a couple years ago and I don't really know what to make of it. You know, I I don't know if the projection will be good enough for 2023.
0: Yeah. And, and, and yeah, their pitching is, we talked about their bats a bit, but their pitching is something I also just don't know what to expect from sale. Travis is one of the biggest question marks. I do not know what to expect on a huge deal. You
1: know, he's making a lot of money. So,
0: and and I've heard people trying to like maybe target him in a trade or something just because um if a team wants to take a chance i guess but it, and of course we're probably have to eat some money there but yes it, it's just so interesting you don't know what you're gonna get from sale i feel like both garrett whitlock and tanner hauck are like these swing men where they could yes. probably give you long relief they could probably close if you need them to they could also start games but probably not give you like six price give you like four or five mm-hmm. not just so many things i'm not exactly sure what to expect from a lot of these guys kluber also someone Travis. kluber probably not going to give you 110 pitches very very often yeah. a lot of these guys you see them going almost five innings they've made some good bullpen additions so maybe they're just going to load up on depth in the bullpen try to get lots of mileage out of kenley out of chris martin they had a solid bullpen in in, a, in a, you know at least they've been they've been targeting it and reinforcing it this offseason so we'll kind of see how that shapes up but um i'm very interested to see how they project travis a quick comparison here i thought was interesting i saw on twitter um this was posted by mlb network Right after the Devers signing, I believe. So this is comparing Devers to another third baseman that is sort of in a similar ballpark. And I think in skill and, and projection, the next mm. decade. Talking about Austin Riley, a uh, fun little comparison that they actually have put up some quite similar numbers. This is career numbers here. So Riley is 25, Devers is 26. Their career on base
1: is. And I feel like I've seen Devers for half a half a decade. <laughs> right, he's been around because he was he was he 19 was, or 20. Yeah, he made
0: appearances as a youngster, but. Um, so they're age only one year apart. On base percentage, I'm going to go Riley uh, is 339 and Devers is 342. So very okay. similar. Slugging is 507 for Riley, 512 for Devers. So only like off by a yeah. couple points. OPS on the career. 846 compared to 854, so less than 10 different. OPS plus 123 to 124, so they've really been almost identical hitters, which is really interesting. On the career, of course, maybe you might, I feel like Devers, you might see some more highs and lows, yes. whereas Riley might be more consistently above average. Whereas Devers, you might see superstar, best hitter, one of the best hitters in the world at some points, and then he had like a really bad second half last year. Yeah. Um. But anyways, it's interesting how they're so similar hitters. Also, probably both not great defenders at the hot corner, but not like abysmal, but just, I mean, they, they might go over to, I can see Darius being a first baseman when yes. he's like 30, you yep. know. We'll see how things go there, but um, it's crazy that they're so similar yet Riley's deal is 10 years 212 million yeah. Devers is 11 years 331 million paying them over 100 million more guaranteed dollars over almost 120 million more guaranteed yeah. dollars for and there's only one more year on yeah. the deal for Devers so um does that seem first question does that seem right to you and I will add a disclaimer it's important to note um Devers has Uh, He's going to be he was going to be a free agent sooner than Riley. So it makes sense to pay him more money because Riley was going to have all these arbitration years anyways. So it's not like comparing apples to oranges because Riley was farther away from free agency anyways. So it makes sense to get him a bit cheaper um, because before you're a free agent, you don't get paid that much. So um, there's some logic to it there, but just. That big of a difference in price, because we know what the Braves do, Travis. They yep. get these crazy steals of deals. But give me your thoughts on hearing you know, just how big of a difference that the money is there between two guys who put up similar production.
1: It's Alex Anthopoulos, just master class work again. Um, we'll get into it later on. I have a guy that, of course, was able to get an extension or signing that the Braves were able to get. But I, I, I you, it's fun to look at that like spreadsheet or that balance sheet of all the Braves players and all their great players, and just see all of them getting paid under twenty-five million dollars. I believe it is. And they're all locked in for eight or more years. And they almost have a core group of guys that will be playing together until 2027, 2028. So it's just, it's, it's fun to look at. And I, I feel like every offseason now, the Braves kind of are looking at it as, you know, we don't really need to fix too many things. We have our core guy, you know, group of guys. We got our rotation, we have our bullpen. We got new guys coming up in the system. And of course, then we have our lineup and our defensive alignment. Um, it's all uh, it, it's it's all all-star level almost and it, it's just fun to see a team like the Braves get so much talent and get everyone on such cheap deals and almost just win the deal after the first or second year of a player's breakout or debut so um, it, again it, I, I remember I think that happened this offseason or it, it, either this offseason or this season they actually got Austin Riley to that massive extension and I think it was after um last year's postseason where you know Austin Riley was Nominator, or at least he uh, he actually did win all MLB uh, third baseman last year and I know me and you were very disappointed with the outcome but that's because fans looked at his postseason numbers um, and I think the one thing about the postseason he just had a lot of X-Brace hits he had home runs and he had doubles in and, big moments in big moments and that's where fans definitely caught their eye is like oh my god this guy is such a clutch performer um, we're going to give him the all MLB third baseman nod but um, it, it, it's very it's just very crazy that Alex Anthopoulos can um, just maneuver some of these players and get them on these deals and you know guys are thinking you know why I really like where I play um I really like who I'm playing with and you know what I mean I might as well just take the money now and just be comfortable for the rest of my career for a good chunk of my career and just focused on playing and not really focused on the negotiations I know a lot of people probably don't want to be in the Korea scenario where back-to-back off seasons you're in negotiations you know you're doing physicals for other teams you're probably just thinking you know what I'd rather just stay with this system I believe in it I like everyone here um I I, I'll I'll just take the money now and so that's kind of like it's it's interesting it's interesting about the Wander Franco deal that they got you know the Rays got um I think it was last offseason where um they basically gave the guy what I mean it was almost 200 million dollars for I think it was like 12 or 14 years I thought it was but it was basically a guy like Wander Franco saying you know what I had a great 2021 um for what 70 games and now I'm just gonna basically take the money and I I might earn 300 million dollars if I if I just would have played you know, three or four more seasons, but who knows a freak accident could have happened. I could basically be out of baseball, who knows, but I'm going to take the money now, support the family, um, and all that stuff. So it's, it's just, again, it's, it's just a brilliant job by Anthopolis on getting such young and good talent onto such team friendly deals, um, that they can at least hopefully now explore other deals to make their team even that much better. But, um, it, it, it's funny that you that you basically shared those numbers it, it it reminds me of machado and arenado this season where every single hitting stat was so close together that it's like who do i pick you know yeah uh, who, who do i go with but with devers and riley um both guys are almost identical at what they do and and you if, know. if you
0: could have either for the next 10 years who are you gonna go are probably endeavors
1: i i don't know you know and maybe it's a little bias alex we went to a red sox game at family park he had a monster home run off cole and i i he just has a, such a pretty swing um and you're right he he does have some very cold months but he does have months where it's just unbelievable or weeks um i think i think last year alex i think he was batting like i could have sworn i think last year in june like jd martinez Rafael Devers and and Bogarts were all batting like above three thirty. Like it was just kind of a insane contact season by the Red Sox, and that's when they were on their winning streaks, and they were literally approaching the Yankees for the best team in the National or in the American League East. So, um, Devers definitely, I, I I like his swing, I like his game. I think he's one of the best hitting third basements in the game when he is hitting right. Um, I think overall there are some there are some better third basements, but I think Devers has some of the best offense at the third base spot in the game. Um, I know Machado, Jose Ramirez, and Arenado have definitely tried to match that. But um I think it's safe to move on now, Alex, on basically and I kind of want to cover the next team. Um, you mentioned the player. Uh he was at Boston Red Sox last season. That is Nathan Ivaldi. He signed a two year $34 million deal with the Texas Rangers. I believe there was a third year option in there as well, but um, Alex, we've been talking, I feel like every single podcast, the Rangers will add somebody else to the team. They have been extremely aggressive. This off-season, off-season it's it's back-to-back off-seasons, the Rangers are going out there and getting some of the big fish. Jacob deGrom, Nathan Valdi, Andrew Heaney, just to name a couple of names in their starting rotation. Um, it'll be fun. It, it will be fun to see exactly what the Rangers can offer this season. Now, I know they had what, like 68 wins last year. So you definitely thought that Simeon and and and, uh, and Seager, I know a lot of people on Twitter were, were always speculating, you know, oh, this team's going to win, you know, 82 games 85 games. With those two players didn't come anywhere close. So the big question will be how much do these players really push them along? Does DeGrom, Ivaldi, Heaney, some of these guys, do they give them 10 or more wins to next year's season. So um, right now, I'm still would be betting they're going to be under 500. I'd still bet that, Alex, but they are definitely making some very aggressive moves. I know a lot of reports have come out that they're still not done. Um, They're definitely, I think, one team that's still in on the Brian Reynolds sweepstakes, um, the center fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. um, And I'm sure they have some very strong prospects they can give up, um, lighter, I think it's uh, is it Jack Young at the third base spot or Jung? Um, um,
0: what's his, what's his first name? It's not Jack.
1: It's not Jack. I almost said Carl Young. That's a that's a psychologist. <laughs> but um, it's it's uh, it's it's uh,
0: and he has a brother who's also I think drafted by the Rangers, if okay, I'm not mistaken, okay. who was drafted last year. But okay, yeah. okay,
1: but you got you got those two guys very high on the prospect list. Um, that could be used as a trade for um, Brian Reynolds. I think Pittsburgh has stated they want a top-of-the-line starting pitcher for um, the return for Reynolds. But um, give me your take so far on the Rangers, Eovaldi, kind of what they got going so far right now.
0: Yeah, so I like Heaney. I've always been high on Heaney. Um, I think what he did with the Dodgers last year, it wasn't a fluke. It was just kind of them tapping into uh, the good stuff that he kind of brought to the table that other teams, namely the Angels and Yankees, weren't able to kind of get out of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: um, it really comes down to if the Rangers can, can kind of – you know, hone in on what worked when he was with the Dodgers. Um, so I, I do I do like the deal. I think he makes sense. Uh, he deserves to be, you know, a starting pitcher on a competitive team. So I could see that working. DeGrom is someone, Travis, who I've said it before. I mean, if he, if he plays the full season healthy, he's a superstar, right? Yeah. But um, we haven't gotten that version of DeGrom in a while. Uh, last several seasons, there's been some sort of injury here or there. Something comes up. Um, so I, my thought is it would have made more sense for him to be on a team that needed the extra boost in October almost instead of right. (laughs) Someone like that who just needed an ace, um, a team that was really trying to get into the wild card picture who just needs wins, you know, pretty much every month of the year we got to get wins. Who's going to give us wins. Um, Who's going to help the team just kind of raise the floor? I'm not sure how much DeGrom raises the floor. He definitely raises your ceiling a ton in a, in a seven game series. If you get him yep. to throw twice in a series, I mean, and, and if, of course, he's healthy, you know, that's just a massive contribution there. So um, his value to them next season is really up in the air for me. I've just, I just have trouble seeing him contribute at a high level kind of, uh, month after month after month, just based on his injury track record recently. So, um, we'll kind of see how that goes. Uh, and then who am I forgetting? Oh, Ivaldi. I-, I like the deal for him. I think he's a good pitcher. Um, they definitely made some good additions. They made some, they're definitely a much stronger team than last year. I'm with you though. I'm not sure I have them as a losing team per se. It's definitely possible, but, um, for me they have not catapulted into the like you know i think i saw some projections i don't know if those fan graphs are from where but they had them they had the rangers as like the 10th best like record in baseball next season or something mm. like that obviously still very early stuff but um i i don't have them there in my mind quite yet um we'll see how their youngsters develop you know see if uh, uh garcia in the outfield can you know continue to kind of develop a bit um they have they have youngsters all over the diamond Uh, we mentioned young third base if he can kind of become a uh, an all-star type guy or at least a average average contributor uh nate low had a breakout year yep uh
1: jonah heim catcher
0: yeah 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 so i mean there's lots to like so um all that being said i think the jury is kind of still out for me but um i think them and the angels both teams with uh several additions will be the most interesting kind of uh thing to look at in the american league west kind of saying which of these teams made better improvements because i'll put it this way travis we'll have a bigger discussion before the season starts once all the rosters are kind of finalized and maybe spring training has started but the angels had a better record last year um by a few games and the angels missed a lot of time from trout uh I figured if he played like a hundred how many games? Hundred and ten yeah, like or something like that? And,
1: I think it was hundred and twenty. Yeah. And then Rendon missed like almost the whole year. Yep. Uh, we and had then- we had utility and shortstop options that were equivalent to double a players below you know. replacement yeah. right um through th- yeah middle infield oftentimes third base ward missed some time walsh missed a good shot I mean, so, yeah
0: and every team has these injuries i don't want to act like it's all
1: us obviously no but it's it, it no it, it's all us it's yeah. all yeah, uh, it's all us. Yeah. i i agree but um
0: <laughs> but yeah so my thought is travis even if you think the rangers made a bit better of moves in the angels this offseason the angels already had the better record despite i think having more injuries to their big contributors because like i mean Seeger and Simeon were good last year and yeah. they were healthy all year so um i just personally am leaning towards the angels being a better team obviously it's impossible to remove our bias that we yeah. have um yeah. being angels fans but i think the angels did a lot to kind of raise their floor where i'm not sure if texas did that uh, they definitely raised their ceiling. In a yes. series, I feel like the Texas pitching is in a very good spot. If you just go Grom, Evaldi, Heaney, and then uh, they have options from the guys who were on the team last year. I don't think okay. they would go Dunning, but they have—
1: They have uh, John Gray, they have Martín Perez, think, and they have uh, Odorizzi.
0: So I think, yeah, I think the natural top five would be if you put um, Gray— and Perez with the three new additions in yep. Heaney, Evaldi and DeGrom. So, I mean, that's a front five. That's definitely super legit. Um, the bats, I don't super trust the depth of the bats, but if you know, if you get, if you get what you, uh, you know, above average projections from Heim, from low, from Garcia, uh, all over the diamond, everyone yeah. stays healthy. They can definitely be a big threat in the wild card race. I'm just not, I think that the angels did a lot to kind of raise the floor, um i think if both teams kind of go worst case scenario i could see the rangers being like almost the same team as they were last year yeah um angels i feel like they did a bit more to address um you know if they get guys get hurt they have guys to back up so but anyways um didn't want to change the discussion to like about um the the divisional race but um it should be fun to kind of track it and we'll, we'll kind of do a deeper dive division by division uh probably closer to spring
1: very true with the uh with the ceiling being raised i mean they i think that that there's definitely a gap you could say you could you could definitely see the rangers winning the same amount of games you could also see them hey i mean could they win 85 yeah if everyone's healthy everyone's contributing um i actually think with the shift i I def there are definitely some players i definitely want to circle and keep an eye on this year i know a lot of people have been talking about Corey seager with the shift being banned he, um, I think he had a lot of hits last year, a lot of balls put in play that were hit into the shift. A lot of people can see those being now base hits or extra base hits, um, with, with the banning of the shift. So I think he's one guy I definitely want to circle on for my radar for, for players to have, you know, another, another breakout season, or at least that breakout season with that team again, kind of with the Joey Gallo, what I was saying, but, um, that, that basically covers the Rangers. I know it was just, it was just one signing, but definitely a big person to get um, he was definitely one of the big starting pitchers left in the market after our last episode. Now, of course he's going, I think he is from Texas. So he's going back home to the Rangers. So, um, two years, 34 million for him. Um, Alex, we will now move over to another team in the desert. That is the Arizona Diamondbacks, which last year, I believe they were, they were definitely four or five. I don't know which way, which, which I think there were four. They're four. Okay. Yeah. So they, they have had some very, um, some very good progression. I know last year uh, Zach Gallon had a second half that was very, um, very nice to see, um, and I, I, I know. They, I think they got some young uh, contributors. I, I'm thinking McCart- McCarthy and and Corbin also Carroll got Karen called Ca- up, Corbin right? Corbin Carroll, yep. So you definitely got to see some young, good prospects coming through the system and, and contributing right, right away and have some very good tools to work with to progress in their be- baseball careers. But um, a very interesting trade, a very a very good trade. I like the trade for both teams. We'll cover the Diamondbacks first. They acquired Lordius Gurriel and catching phenom and high prospect Gabriel Moreno I think he was a top five prospect if I'm not mistaken last year um, at the beginning of the season they got those two guys from the Toronto Blue Jays um Gurriel I, I definitely can say he is a good utility guy he can play all over and around the defense and has a very good bat and also with Gabriel Moreno, he's going to be basically your starting catcher. I'm assuming from now on, um, I think he had one, then he has some, like some of the best like sprint speed for a catcher. Like what wasn't his like speed, like up there with like almost like real Muto for like, um,
0: I, I think I remember I was talking about that last season. Uh, yeah. When he first got called up. Yeah.
1: I know. I know. He hit a ball in the minors that I think like got stuck in the wall. Like I <laughs> like, think it, like penetrated broke the padding.
0: The, it penetrated the padding. Yeah. And then, so like, it, it was, it, it was it, funny.
1: It will be fun to see him grow with that Diamondbacks team at a ballpark that I think is pretty hitter friendly. Just being in the desert and how hot it gets during daytime games. It'll be some fun to see both those guys play. Um, they also get. Evan Longoria to a 1-year 4 million dollar deal again I don't I don't really think too much of that I think Longoria is a a decent player his definitely his best years are behind him but they definitely get a good veteran at the third base spot on a cheap deal four million dollars that's that that's really nothing for a guy like him that you know I think in 2021 had had a pretty good season with the Giants I think he actually might have had a couple good months last year with the Giants I know he got injured and did not play yeah. too much but platoon um, bat maybe a, a, a platoon bat yeah so uh Diamondbacks there and then I'll kind of cut to the chase now with the Blue Jays because they are part of the trade um, Blue Jays then get Dalton Varsho, which I think Varsho Alex played catcher, first base, played some outfield. He's kind of another super utility guy like Gurriel, and a very power hitting left handed bat, which the Blue Jays needed. They needed a left handed hitter, and now they got that. Um, I know Kevin Kiermaier was their big lefty. They signed this offseason because they failed on the Nimmo um, sweepstakes, but now they get Dalton Varsho to play kind of all over the map. I'm, I'm assuming not catcher because they have enough catchers. We covered, that, we covered that last time where they have a catching problem. They have so many good catchers that they can afford to trade one of them away. They got rid of Moreno, but Dalton Varsho coming now to the Blue Jays, but they also... Ink in Brandon Belt to a one year 9.3 million. It was funny. There was so much hate on that deal. Um, I know old MLB player Aubrey Huff. Um, he's he's definitely a big voice on Twitter um, I, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Um, but he was he was just hating the deal because he basically is a guy that's going to look at average. It's going to look at RBI. He's going to look at you know not really take a deep dive into the stats. He's just looking at certain stats and and you know he's going to make his uh, he's going to voice his opinion on all that. But. Brandon Belt, one year, $9.3 million. If things go right, he's a very good player, Alex. He's a very good power hitting first baseman, DH. Um, I think he played a little bit of corner outfield as well. But they get Varsho and, of course, they sign Belt. Um, Start the D-backs, Alex. What do you make of that? What do you make of the Diamondbacks as the 2023 season basically begins and then of course with the blue jays they've they've definitely been strong in the market they've got some starting pitching they got some center field defense um they've gotten some help this offseason to help their team out w- what do you make so far of the diamondbacks and then the blue jays
0: yeah so starting with the d-backs i'm not super high on lourdes guriel personally i mean i i think that i'm not sure how much longer he's on contract for but i think getting moreno for Varsho is a uh, is it's the right approach in terms of kind of focusing on a certain window, which is a few years away, right? Yeah. I think they're gonna have a chance to strike in a few years once Moreno's ready to contribute at a high level in the MLB. Of course, Corbin Carroll is like a top. In most places, I like, have him like a top five prospect in yep. baseball as an outfielder. Crazy sprint speed, like could be the fastest player in MLB. Yes. I think also um,
1: McCarty as well.
0: So yeah, I mean yep. they they have these these youngsters that um if they can kind of time it up all. Uh, well, they can maybe get hot at the MLB level at the same time, try to make a final push to overcome a team like the Dodgers, a team like the Padres in a few years from now once maybe Um, Machado has left the Padres, perhaps maybe once uh, the Dodgers maybe lose out, maybe Kershaw retires or, you know, however those teams kind of progress, you know, I can see the Diamondbacks being next up in the division uh, a few years down the road. So I think that's why it makes sense to get rid of Varsho, get a more controllable, higher upside, but like more down the road piece in um, their new catcher, uh, you know, I I'm not sure how much he's supposed to play in the MLB this coming season. I'm not sure what the plan is on that, but I think down the road it'll be a good move
1: for them. Fart- right now they have like Carson Kelly, I believe. Yeah, it so- was funny because he was supposed to be the big name in the Cardinal system once Yadi retired, but they ended up trading him over to the Diamondbacks for Paul Goldschmidt a couple yes. of seasons ago. So it's just funny how that kind of hasn't really worked out. Um, that we all thought
0: yeah and, and i think that moreno uh i'm not sure if you want him backing up kelly if you want him starting over kelly if you want moreno and the Miners getting every day at bats you know we'll see how they hand, handle it but uh i i do think Varsho is a good player and so getting rid of him i'm fine with it because diamondbacks shouldn't really be focusing on like oh let's win it all this year um but i i saw some interesting stats about he's a really big on pulled fly balls which is um one of the best outcomes that a bat can have if you hit the ball hard and you pull fly balls uh, you're gonna hit a lot of home runs in your season so Mm -hmm. um i think he's a good fit for toronto Uh, it's funny we mentioned kiermaier varsho and belt they're definitely adding lefties um it's almost been something we've harped on time and time again uh it's just funny how many power hitting right-handed hitters Toronto's had the last couple of seasons from Springer, from Guerrero Jr., from Bachet. Uh, you literally go down the list. Kirk, righty. I mean, all their good hitters yeah. are these righty uh bath with power, but now they actually are mixing in some lefties in the mix. So, um, not sure if that was a calculated approach. It probably was. They probably were aiming to do this. I think it makes sense personally. Um, So Kiermaier is going to give you great center field defense. Varsho, Travis had some elite defensive numbers out in center field and right field. So if they go for a right field, Varsho, center field, uh, Kiermaier, left field, maybe you go with Springer, something like that. I think that's going to be a very, very good defensive outfield Um, for my money so I mean we'll see how they decide to kind of line things up there belt I think makes sense as a DH kind of like you mentioned Guerrero and him yeah you know maybe kind of cycle back and forth depending on uh, who's playing well if anyone's got nagging injuries or stuff like that I was gonna
1: say do you put belt at first for some games and move Guerrero to third and have Chapman on the bench I mean it's it's definitely you can can start moving pieces around
0: you can get creative for sure um, but I just do think that they are supposed they should be a really good team this year um, I did want to ask you, I had this written down even before the uh, the trade happened, and now it's even more interesting. But do you think that the Toronto Blue Jays are better because of what they just had in the offseason, or are they worse? Um, let me let me let me break down the moves they've made. So yep. they've added Bassett to pitch, mm-hmm. Belt, Kiermeyer, Varsho, the three lefties we mentioned. They added Eric Swanson, the uh, reliever that they yes. got in the in the Teoscar trade, um, and then they lost Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel, Ross Stripling, Rymal Tapia. Um, they just actually DFA'd Merriweather the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr., Zimmer, and of course they lost their probably their best prospect, but he probably wasn't going to be yeah. a huge help this year because they already had Kirk and Jansen. But um, you know, based on those additions and subtractions, I'm really kind of confused. I don't know if I think that they got better or worse, and I want to hear what
1: you think. Yeah, I definitely think they they did get better. Um, I I like the lefty uh, emphasis moves on, you know, Varsho, Belt, Kiermaier. Again, I know Kiermaier is not going to provide you just monster offense. He's just there for the defense, um, but I like having that mix in their lineup. I like having Bassett added. I know they lost Ross Stripling, who did have a very good season last year, but I think Bassett definitely gives you a good three in the rotation. I think it's Gosman, it is Alec Manoa, and then, of course, Bassett. Do they still have Ryu? I think they do, okay. but
0: I don't know if he's you know gonna be contributing. I'm not 100% okay. on his status. Okay,
1: okay, but I, I mean, and, and I know we've 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 heard for years now. I know they have um, Nate Pearson, who was one of the big like prospects coming out of the Blue Jays system with Bo um, with Bo Bichette. So. Uh, I I'm interested to see exactly where, uh, where he fits in, if he's even, if he's even going to be contributing next year for them. But, um, I do like those pickups. I think that now it gets kind of creative and fun to make those lineups and, and to better suit, um, for the matchups. I think that's one thing the Blue Jays definitely, um, definitely lacked last year, even though they had a very good season, Alex, I still can think of, uh, I, I definitely think that the Blue Jays will, you know, be hovering around that 90 win mark. Again, they definitely are a strong team to, um contend for the division um and and I think what's funny is that you mentioned it last podcast or whenever they signed Kiermaier um they lost that one game to the Mariners game two I believe it was and it was between the Bichette and the Springer collision in center field they're right behind second base and you kind of looked at it as like man if they would have just had an elite center fielder that would have came in and just you would have trusted they're gonna catch it then the play would have been made. I think the blue Jays would have still had the lead and you're probably looking at winning that game two game three, who knows what happens. You know, maybe the momentum just swings the blue Jays way. Um, we could be looking at a completely different blue Jays team right now. Uh, I definitely think they had the pieces to put together a very strong run in the playoffs, but, um, I, 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 it's funny that they addressed that by literally going out there and getting Kevin Kiermeyer on somewhat of a cheap deal, even though, again, I, they definitely struck out with Brandon Nimmo. He was, he was destined to be a Toronto Blue Jay. It would have been such a good piece for so many different reasons for the Blue Jays, but I think they definitely did inch, um, inch closer to being better this offseason than they were last year. Um, with just these kind of these moves and lefties, but you got to kind of perform to see exactly how, how these things go. I mean, on paper, i like what these moves are if these guys if you can kind of say like oh belt's gonna go back to his you know i think 2020 he had a really good season 2021 i know he didn't play a lot of games but i think his like ops was like 975 alex like it was just kind of monstrous over like 40 games um Maybe if you have Belt, have some of those matchups, um, you know, if you set up those matchups for him, then he can, of course, go back to me, that old self. Um, and, and then, of course, Kiermaier just providing the really good defense. Um, I think that Springer and Springer was out for a lot of games last year. I, I, I think he might have missed like. Did you have him in fantasy? I have in fantasy yeah. and I picked him up when the season started and I basically just had him because I was like, he he's going to debut or he's going to come out sometime. He came out, had a monstrous, I believe, month and then he went back on the IL and I, I again i'd have to look back but he was one guy that had very good stints last year that was that was he's all-star a very, level yeah, yeah he's
0: a very good hitter and every time he's you know people forget about him because he's hurt or whatever it may be he always whenever he comes back he's contributing but you just gotta hope he stays in the field with the yes thing.
1: yep yep so I, I i definitely think the blue jays um did get better than they were of course last year the diamondbacks alex um again they make these moves and it just sucks it's kind of sad that you probably won't see the moves you know that that much when you look at the overall standings you're going to see the Diamondbacks probably finishing in fourth place I'd be surprised they finish in third place and maybe were to overcome the the Giants um, with some of these guys but what, what the big question will be is are their prospects are their young guys going to be better than the Dodgers or the Padres young guys in the future you know right now the Dodgers are I, i'm not saying in a transition phase but they um they definitely are i think leaning on a lot of young guys hopefully not maybe not this year but maybe next year to come up from their prospect from their farm system to really contribute and we'll see if those guys can continue that dodgers excellence as the tradition kind of goes on to the next player but um it, it's going to be a very big question and you know 2025, when you start getting towards the second half of the 20s, will the Diamondbacks prospects be able to compete and compete at a better level than the Dodgers? We already know the Padres. They, of course, have Tatis, you know, right now inked up for a very long time. Machado has an opt out. I think I I don't know when it is, but I think it's in the next couple seasons. Um, and then you have Soto, who's not yet penciled in or inked in for a long extension they just traded for him but i believe soto might be available in like the next couple of years um who knows what happens there i mean it'd be really funny if the padres just geared up for basically have all this talent maybe they win a world series maybe they go back to back and what if they're what if they're what if their owner what if their president of operations and gm just say we're going to start scrapping the pieces and start selling people now we basically over we got what we needed and now we're going to start of course selling these guys i don't see it happening but it is definitely an interesting interesting uh uh thought to look at that the, the potteries are really gearing up and they have such a good young performers right now but um does that cover everything so far with the blue jays and the Diamondbacks that you can think, think, so. think of i think so yeah okay i, I want to move of course now to the division we've been talking about all offseason that is the national league east um teams in that division just continue to make, keep making moves um, we'll start the Phillies. They, they've they been one of the most aggressive teams besides the Mets, besides the Rangers, besides some of these teams um, that really have been spending and trading this offseason. But the Phillies, they made a very interesting trade. They have acquired left-handed relief pitcher Gregory Soto and basically utility man Cody Clemens from the Detroit Tigers Soto's been an all-star level reliever and closer for the Tigers Cody Clemens that's actually Roger's Clement Roger Clemens son he basically has just been a utility guy around the infield not at all impressing numbers so far I think he
0: struck out showy though did you see that uh Clemens I think he as a position player okay pitched in like garbage time like a 10-0 game and he struck out Shohei that's, which was just
1: like that might be his best stat so far yeah. of his career but um he he will I mean I, I don't even think he'll be at the major league level um Cody Clemens I think he'll just be a minor leaguer for them um but Gregory Soto is of course the main guy that's going to be uh, a key person to look at as a lefty coming out of the bullpen. Soto and. Um, I think it's Alvarez, right? Their their big lefty that throws 102. Um, They call him Jumbo or something like that. Uh, Jose Alvarez. Both him and Soto will be electric. Both guys can definitely pump it 100 miles an hour from the left side. So that, of course, will be really good in matchups. But they do lose Nick Maton. They lose Matt Vierling, who was a very good center fielder last year coming into Basically hit against left-handed pitching. Um, He was only used in that role. And then a prospect named Donnie Sands. So they lose those three guys. Nothing really hurts. The Phillies are in full win mode now. So I think it's a great move to get Soto. I'm sure Cody Clemens was kind of just thrown into the deal just to kind of get him out of there. But Soto, um, or if the Phillies see something they like in Cody Clemens, but Soto, of course, is headed to Philadelphia. They do also sign Craig Kimbrell, one year, $10 million. Craig Kimbrell, we had a lot of speculation. What was he going to do? Where was he going to go this offseason? What would a team want in Craig Kimbrell? Um, Interesting. They they, they have geared up on the bullpen. They've gotten David Robertson. They get Gregory Soto. They get Craig Kimbrell. They definitely have loaded up in the bullpen, Alex. I want to ask you this. A- how do you see the Phillies of course right now looking when they have kind of been focusing on their bullpen and then do you think Craig Kimbrell will be the definite closer or will um where will they be using him in in matchup you know situations or do you think he's going to have that um that just that I'm trying to think of the word, but he, he he's gonna he's gonna wanna be the closing pitcher. Do you think he's gonna get along with whatever the coaches give him, the, the role they give him in that in that role or you know in, in that organization during the season?
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not too I'm not too high on Craig Kimbrell at the moment. Obviously mm-hmm. the fact that the Dodgers didn't even trust him enough to bring them on their postseason roster is a pretty telling statement when a smart team like the Dodgers says you're just not doing well yeah. enough and 10 million dollars
1: <laughs> right a lot of money for him
0: and i'm thinking that it may start that way but i don't think it ends that way i, I I'd, I'd be pretty surprised i say if craig Kimbrel goes the whole season as their everyday closer mm-hmm. not only is relief pitching obviously a very up and down kind of job uh lots of you know um you know inconsistency just by the nature of the position but uh, even beyond that, just I don't see him as the high level guy he was, obviously in his prime and not even when he had his kind of uh rebound when he was a, a cub for a little yeah. bit there. But um I think based on based on uh their additions, I do like how they've revamped they revamped the bullpen, give themselves more options, more depth, even though I don't think they got a guy who's like, oh, this is gonna be our closure for sure. I I am of the mindset you don't need that. I think you just need the guys who are good for the different matchups. I think a lot more teams are kind of going that direction. There are only a handful of guys, Travis, throughout all of MLB who I say, like, this is our closer every day. This is the guy. Only a handful of guys in the league that are really like that, in my opinion. Um, Most teams go kind of by committee or by matchup. So I'm interested to see how they uh, handle that, uh, who gets the ninth inning on most nights.
1: Um, i think a lot of teams should adopt that um game plan going into the season I, I feel like so many teams are stuck in this let's use one guy every ninth inning um no let, let, let's let, let's use the situation and and, and what's going to be best fitted for right for some of these guys so i i definitely um i i hope kimbrell will accept whatever role he's put into i hopefully he's not just arrogant and wants the ninth inning and says you know i'm you know I, I, I at least was on a Hall of Fame track, but I, I'm I'm the ninth inning guy. Give it to me. Um I it's funny because I, I almost see in the future right now as Craig Kimbrell coming to the mound in the ninth inning, and I, I don't know, I just feel like I see him blowing a lot of saves because I feel like we've seen him do that quite a lot in the past, and the Phillies have been cursed the last two or three seasons with just absolute awful bullpens they definitely fixed it a lot last year especially down the down the stretch and in the postseason but um I don't know I I, I just see Craig Do you see meltdowns all, in the future I, I, I see meltdowns and, and even like you said the Dodgers left him off the postseason team like why would you want to I, I don't know I don't want to say bring that kind of person into the organization but when you spend 10 million dollars to me that's a lot of money for a guy that I think would be better suited in a a, a different uh a, a, just a different a different organization and what their what what their accomplishments or what their goals are for the for the season you know are you know maybe a team that's maybe not ready to um win maybe they just want to have, have hopefully have craig kimbrell as can we get white socks Kimbre- or um chicago cubs kimbrell back and maybe trade him for you know a couple prospects later on this season but Maybe it could all turn out very well, but it it is definitely an interesting situation.
0: Yeah, and we know Dombrowski, their uh, general manager, is all about spending the big bucks on the big names, so that's probably a part of this equation as well. Of course, they brought in trade Turner, so I do expect them to be better this season probably than last year. But the whole division got better too. Is that a good segue, Travis? That's a good segue. Does that bring us into? I
1: I will just cover one quick team before we get to the other team that, of course, was uh, uh, the division winner. But we'll we'll just quickly cover the Miami marlins i know they've been a, a just a, a a team very loud in the trade market with speculation on hey could jazz chisholm be on his way out of miami could pablo lopez i know people have said even alcantara i know alcantara i think is actually locked uh, they do not want to, of course get rid of him and i would i would hopefully not uh, ho- hopefully they would want to keep a guy like him um, he of course i think is, is suiting up to be one of their best uh you know aces for their team but marlins do acquire Gene Segura for a two-year, $17 million deal. He, of course, second baseman for the Phillies. Um, And they also do acquire Johnny Cueto on a one-year, $8.5 million deal. Two guys, Alex, I don't know where it kind of puts the Marlins. I mean, I I don't think it all moves the needle. I mean, I think, again, I think you're hoping that they're just going to have seasons like they almost had last year. I mean, I know Segura was... Uh, a a contact kind of machine in the postseason did play some decent defense and then Johnny Cueto had a a very good rebound season and was and was very a a good bright spot for the Chicago White Sox but I don't see really how these deals at all affect the Marlins and and the way they're going to finish I mean they're definitely I think a, a, a strong team right now for the four seed in the National League East um I just wanted to throw that those two names out there for the Marlins I I Do you have any input? Do you have any say, I think, for the Marlins? I think we're just waiting to see if they can start trading people.
0: Nope. Just kidding. (laughs) I I do have some stuff to say, Um, as always. Uh, So, yeah, I think the Cueto deal, Travis, to me, it signifies that they probably will be trading someone. If I had to guess, I don't know who it would be. Pablo Lopez seems like the natural pick just because he's been rumored with so many different teams. Um, There's a lot of interest for obvious reasons. And I think they want to hold on to their, to their most young guys, like the Max Meyer uh, yeah. type of age. The uh, I think
1: it's Edward Cabrera. Edward Cabrera. And then, um, there's Sixto Sanchez. Yes, and then there's the
0: guy whose name I always have trouble with, and I'm blanking on it. I'm trying to remember. And he.
1: They also have a Rogers, don't they? Yeah,
0: they have Trevor Rogers, Trevor Rogers who yeah. was like runner-up rookie of the year in 2021. Oh, I, and this
1: one, i don't get Alex. The the, the, Mar- the Marlins are in the same. Um, same boat with the detroit tigers they have such good young talent but i feel like their front office has been open to trading a lot of guys and it's like wh- where do you expect to go like i think you really need to commit to this rebuild for the next couple seasons and just get younger and younger but I, I don't know i i i mean i i don't get why even when people were saying like is jazz chisholm available they were saying yeah he's available but i feel like he's a guy that you'd want to build the realm but um who's the guy that you that you did you get his name?
0: No, <laughs> I, I I think it's like isn't it Yuri? Like E U R.
1: Oh yeah, it's like Yui or yeah yeah it's like yeah E U R Y. If that Yuri, guy Yuri Perez or something like that, right?
0: I thought it was Yuri Perez, but I Google him and he's an outfielder with the Braves or maybe something. Maybe we
1: just end the podcast once and for all right here. We just if you're listening, butchering the Miami Marlins.
0: If you're if you're listening to this, Yuri. We're sorry, but um, <laughs> essentially, maybe maybe there's two Yuri Perez. But either way, because I did think it was, yeah, I think it is Yuri Perez. I think there's too must be two Yuri Perez. Okay. Anyways, um, they have so much young starting pitching that it makes sense in my mind to if you're going to get rid of somebody, it would be Pablo Lopez. I've heard whispers today on Twitter all day, Travis, that the Twins want him. I mean, I'm sure many teams want him. I think the Yankees were linked at one point, but then of course they got Rodon. Not sure where a guy like him might end up. I'm sure the Dodgers are probably interested. I mean, I think every team would be interested to some capacity. It depends what they would want in return. Probably some good pieces. There probably would be a good bidding war for, you know, Pablo Lopez would immediately become the best pitcher on the market um, if he did become available for trade. So uh, I think that the signing of Cueto might open up a trade uh, route there. And then, of course, Travis, the signing of Segura, opened up the trade window for them to trade Miguel Rojas to the Dodgers, which just happened yes. today. It was kind of rumored. And Good then it, breaking news. And then, yeah. it, and then it was official. So um, given that, I think, you know, it's interesting. It's almost like their offseason has been all about, like, addressing addressing the – trades they're about to make right so they signed segura then they trade away their shortstop so they kind of they kind of they filled the hole before there was a hole but they knew the hole would be there so i think Queto would be the same story they're probably going to trade a starting pitcher and Queto will fit right into that guy's slot Yep. um i feel like Queto could have contributed to a team that was going to be really competitive mm-hmm. Uh, In a a three through five kind of role, much like Kluber, we mentioned with the Red Sox. But I'm not sure, you know, maybe they will have a bit more of a spark this year, Miami. But yeah, I'm not too high on them this season. I think, like you said, the fourth spot makes too much sense considering how good the top three teams in the division are. Um, but yeah, I think that they're just kind of making these trades that are going to kind of gear up for like a younger generation. That's going to hopefully come through for them in the coming seasons, especially we all know the pitching prospects are off the charts for them, but, um, still a little ways away. So just kind of retooling for now. They
1: are in a spot that I feel like the Diamondbacks are in where it's, it's, you definitely have some Goliaths at the top of the division and the NL East is one of the strongest, if not the strongest division in baseball, um, with the Phillies and the Braves and the Mets just, I mean, I mean. I feel like you have the Mets in your division. You're like, we can't beat this team because they have a billionaire owner. That's just going to be rage spending every offseason, going to get the best talent. So, I mean, I know we might have to spend, but we got to get crafty in some of these trades and all that kind of stuff and, and, and see what we can do to compete with them. But, um, that basically covers the Marlins. The last team I'll talk about, it's the Atlanta Braves, the, you know, the, the NL East champions of last season. Um, I know we talked about Austin Riley and how he was basically extended to such a team-friendly deal. Well, I think it was about one month ago. Sean Murphy was traded from the Oakland A's over to Atlanta, and the players going back to Oakland again. I I, I know we talked about it. We don't. I don't think we've even heard of any of those players, and it's it's just very disappointing again for Oakland. But the Braves get a All-Star level. Catcher, someone that's probably going to be a top five catcher for the next coming seasons. Um, Sean Murphy was traded; they acquired him, but of course the Braves just wanted to put um, the cherry on top. They ended up extending him, Alex, a six-year, seventy-three million dollar deal. You're basically giving him twelve million dollars a season, which I mean, I think Real Muto got anywhere around eighteen to twenty million dollars a year. So you're basically getting Sean Murphy, who is, I think he's he's probably just a slight step below. JT Real Muto, but he does provide a lot of good tools in his game, but you're getting him for about $12 million a season. So again, the Braves, they just find a way to get things done. Anthopolis, again, I, I think when that went came out, Alex, I think that's when you you DM'd me or you you texted me. And it was it was definitely real. Like, is this guy holding his players hostage? Like what? <laughs> What is going on? Like he kidnaps how, a like, family member until they sign the contract, the extension. Uh, I, I don't I, – again, I, it's very interesting on how all these guys are, are kind of cool with taking this money and just saying, you know what? I mean maybe there's just some crazy incentives with these deals that maybe we just don't really know about. Like I know a lot of people have incentives when it comes to like – if you were to win the National League Championship Series MVP, you'll get this amount for a bonus. If you win the World Series MVP, you'll get this amount. I don't know if that's really what guys are willing to, uh, you know, take in deals like this, but it's just very interesting on a guy like Sean Murphy that he's basically getting such a, well, I mean, the, the Braves are getting such a team friendly deal for uh, for six years. so. Any comments on the Braves? I mean, I know we commented on them with Austin Riley, but Sean Murphy is a great catcher. Him and Darno will be a good combo backstop for the Braves this season. thoughts on 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 the Braves so far
0: yeah murphy's awesome he's a really good catcher uh i we'll have to we'll do our positional rankings before the season starts i'd probably have him definitely in the top five i think yep. uh probably in the top three area maybe yep. it's hard to kind yep. of say him will smith you know there's some stuff there but um uh, I, don't, I don't i don't know no. we'll discuss don't yeah. worry i'll
1: have to take, i think i know who number one is now i'll so. have to
0: take a close <laughs> look at the numbers travis but um anyways i do think that the braves um are holding players hostage no i think there's definitely it's definitely crazy like you mentioned uh they always get these big extensions out of nowhere um i think albies travis i think it's criminal i have to look it up i think it's like 11 million a year or something it's something crazy sad like it's like this guy could make so much more money in the open market yeah and obviously uh he signed an extension to get you know the guaranteed money and it's um is it exploitation or exploitative? You know, it's hard. It's, you know, that's, that's up for you to decide. But yep. um, at the end of the day, um, the contracts were agreed upon, you know, fair and square. Because um, young players, if they see, you know, oh, I'm guaranteed 60 million over the next like seven, eight years, like, okay, sign me up. Um, and so that's the way it goes for some of these guys. But, anyways, um, I do think Murphy's going to be a great addition to the middle of the lineup. Also, great uh, catcher defense. Also kind of funny on the whole Braves thing you mentioned about how they get these things done. Also, the thing that always stands out to me, Travis, they're the one team. And some teams are more secret than others. Like some teams, like it feels like the Mets, you always hear the buzz before the announcement, right? Like, I, I mean, when Correa was like quote-unquote, like, going to sign. Like, we all knew about it from, like, Heyman, like, posted yeah. about it, you know. Or Yankees have their guys who are always out with the news before it gets announced. The Braves announced their own stuff first every single time they will <laughs> they'll they'll tweet out a press release and it's always the it's same paragraph <laughs> it's the same exact thing it's a paragraph about the player and it says at the other at top like atlanta braves press release and it's i've seen so many memes about that because like one day you're just going to be scrolling twitter and you're going to see that thing like five minutes ago the braves tweeted, and you're like oh who'd they get this time like, yeah and of course there was never any buzz they just kind of went and did it but um also like one percent of most of their contracts go to like the braves fund which i don't know what that is but uh, sounds sketchy, Travis. That's all I'm it, gonna say. I
1: I almost am like thinking like it, it almost be scary to accept a job from the Atlanta Braves. Like, what am I getting myself into? Like, yeah. what 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 don't I know, or what what are they hiding from me? But
0: Sean Murphy, um, blink twice if something is up.
1: But, I, but um, <laughs> I'm sure they're all having a great time. I mean, I mean, they, they're gonna be they, a good team. They they have a good system. They're gonna be a good team for a while. And and the the Braves uh, front office could not probably one of the the happiest front offices in baseball with having all that talent on all those deals. I mean, you look at the Mets being completely opposite, having to spend so much money for their talent. The Braves kind of acquire and they get get it on such a team-friendly deal. So I know Mets fans and the Mets front office is probably uh, a little ticked off on how the Braves do business. I mean, I, I think that they, sure. they are going to be uh, definitely a, uh, a pain in their side for the, for the it, next decade or so.
0: It, it's very funny. The the trifecta going on in the nl east you have dombrowski with the phillies who's just like the famous spend big giveaway big huge contracts yep. we're gonna win a world series and then uh i'm gonna bounce and you'll be bad for a few years <laughs> yeah um, yep and then so there's that and then the mets it's not the gm it's the owner who's like the crazy aggressive like multi-billionaire like i am going to make sure the mets win a a ring or whatever um we're gonna get all the best players on our team he's a diehard fan of his team and so because of that um he's going all in constantly and then Mm -hmm. the braves are just like this completely different thing from the other two where they're just like uh have a very specific strategy that's working very well for them the last several seasons but we'll see how it kind of works this year you know kind of I'm sure they're hoping for Acuna to bounce back yes. Olsen to bounce back but um I do expect they'll still be very good next year and also they also added Lucas Lucky I believe
1: oh who, okay that's right that's
0: The Yankees, right. the Yankees DFA'd him I believe but like he was still available to be traded he was a popular
1: name for a couple of days I mean like I know yeah it's kind of funny because you mentioned it and then Twitter was just popping off about you know especially angels twitter they're like we can use this guy like we yeah, can really use it. anybody could use this guy yes and his career path has just been so funny and so um so interesting that i think he, didn't he spend some time in in japan or any sp- international overseas. somewhere yes and,
0: and the braves are Travis, the braves like when they got jesse chavez from us yes. it's like i just knew that like they're gonna get something out of them that we couldn't right i just feel like i trust the braves to kind of figure these things out lucky's already good so yep. they don't need to really tweak stuff with him that much but i'm sure they're gonna figure out what he does well and amplify it um yes. i think he's gonna be a great addition to their pen which already is kind of good year after
1: year looking forward to riceel iglesias he'll have he'll probably have a historic year he'll, he'll probably have a career year i would he, say he, this year i mean I, I i think it'll be pretty what, what do you have his ERA is like 0.3 last year when he came over. Oh, right. It, it, it was, was it was, it was, it
0: was very good second half. but I think he'll have trouble ever topping his 2021 with the Angels, where uh-huh. he, he like, I don't think he blew a single save, or maybe he at least didn't get any losses. And, yeah. Any true, game, true. Any true, game true. he entered with the lead we won, yes. which was, uh, just something that made no sense. But uh I he's still someone, Travis, who I hold in such high regard. The advanced numbers love him. Excited to talk yep. about him some more when we do our relief pitcher rankings down the road. But yep. um Braves
1: will be good. You they know? will be good. No, no, they, no,
0: no, no surprise there.
1: They they have a lot of depth and and I think I kind of want to move on to um just some teams that got some some more some, it's basically some depth moves for teams that have the aspirations of being in the playoffs in 2023. That's the Mariners Angels padres and the brewers uh so mariners of course they sign aj pollock to a one year uh seven million dollar deal all these deals are one years um they get him to a seven million dollar deal on a one year term um angels signed brett phillips to a one year i think it's around if not if it's two million dollars um he of course was uh the uh free spirit loving kind of kind of mlb player for the Tampa bay rays last year you probably saw him a lot of times pitching I think he got, like, quite a few, like, not not quite a few innings, but he definitely got, like, almost, like, five or more innings. It was for, five innings, I think. Five, yeah. five innings as a utility guy because the Braves, or the Rays are like, why are we going to throw a reliever when we could just throw this guy if we're losing 10-0? Like, we're not going to waste an arm. But um, they get, Angels get him as an outfield utility piece, one year, $2 million. The Padres sign Nelson Cruz to a one-year one million dollar deal which I think is honestly a great steal if he can kind of have a bounce back season even though he's really getting up there in age I I don't know how the power is going to work with a ballpark like Petco where it's sea level and it's it's definitely hard to to muscle out a lot of home runs there but he can definitely still do it he's one of the best power hitters at least in the past couple years he's been one of the best power hitters but they get him to a one year one million dollar deal a very good comp him and, and uh and uh, Matt Carpenter, uh, Carpenter being a lefty, Cruz being a righty. The, I think the platoon is too obvious there, right? DH yes. platoon kind of role. That should be fun to see how how um, uh, Melvin is using those two guys in those roles. And then of course the Brewers, they sign Wade Miley, a one year $4.5 million deal to kind of be um, the backbone behind Freddie Peralta, um, behind Corbin Burns and uh, Woodruff. Um, but you know, I, I look at these depth moves, Alex, um, which one in your opinion which one catches your eye the 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 mariners the angels padres and brewers out of those four which one is um i i hope we we probably will be biased here but but which one does catch your eye um in terms of you know being a really um uh, impactful somewhat player for the season
0: yeah it's it's i could see i go a few different ways here i think the mariners getting Pollock is a nice addition. Um, Someone who has not been quite what he was uh, last year, his numbers, if you look at them on the surface, not his best year, but um, something he still does well is hit left-handed pitchers very well. So there's a role, right? And if you're a team like the Mariners who you're trying to make the playoffs and you're trying to to go far in the playoffs, it's good to have these guys who you know exactly how you want to use them, right? I think Pollock's a guy who you're not going to ask him to play left field, 150 160 games of the season he's going to have some dh some outfield a lot of pinch hitting i think for left-handed relievers Mm -hmm. um it's good to kind of have a guy who knows the role at the same time they already do have um julio rodriguez and teoscar hernandez who mash lefty pitchers in the outfield so not exactly sure um who their everyday guy is going to be who might platoon with um is jared jared kelnick uh, kelnick could if he makes that jump of, you know he he still kind of needs to show he can be an average mlb player his bat has just not shown up yet not in any consistent way at least um if he ends up being an average hitter as a lefty that could be a nice platoon there kelnick can also be a defensive sub or pinch run for pollock you know so there's something there for sure i think they also still have taylor trammell if i'm not mistaken yes, but yeah um yeah they obviously got rid of winker so it's a lot of winker and
1: kyle lewis a, yeah.
0: a, a lot of righties out there in my mind in their outfield
1: um, which will be good against angels starting pitching yes angels, because angels we got a lot of lefties so a-
0: angels will of course have on their rotation detmers sandoval anderson suarez perhaps so um all lefties there uh a do <laughs> otani can you start three games this series yeah, would be the question yeah. but
1: otani can you start 162 yeah, <laughs> hey if he could do that might, we, might win mvp yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> might yeah yeah
0: but uh, i so i think that's a deal that's definitely worth looking at um the angels brett phillips for me um it's one of the more interesting ones because it's almost a similar thing as the pollock where If all goes according to plan, he's going to be used in a specific role. Angels are not going to be rolling him out there 150 games a year. He is someone who, in my mind, will spend most of the games of the season starting on the bench, unless there's any injuries, Um, and he can be a defensive substitution To help the defense, if anyone's having a bad day defensively, a pinch runner for a guy like Renfro or any of the utility infielders we just got, maybe Urshela, maybe uh, Drury needs a pinch run. And then we have so many other infielders that they can, like, you know, sub in defensively after the pinch run. I can also see Phillips being used in these situations where. You know, say we're up by five, down by five, and uh Trout just already batted and you're going into the ninth and you just want to get him off his feet. I think it'll just be a good opportunity to get guys like Trout or Ward, um, just some different reps, uh, days off, or maybe days DHing if Otani needs yep. a day off. So just oh just I think the Angels have their sole focus this offseason has been raising the floor. They're just trying to make more major league level options. Uh Brett Phillips last season Travis, offensively was very, very poor. Um, so I'm not going to go on here and try to act like he's going to have this crazy bounce back. But I heard that he was with the hitting coach that Taylor Ward worked with, who Taylor Ward, of course, had great success last year. So he's working with him, changed yep. his stance a bit. Um, Perry Manassi and the GM said that he expects improvement hitting. Obviously, they're not really banking on him being this crazy all-star hitter. But if they can just get some average... Uh, left-handed against righty pitchers, kind of out of him, then that would probably be more than enough to be a well above average player because the defense and the base running is so so good. um And yeah, I think also the Angels really care about clubhouse. Um, for whatever reason under Parminastian, it's been a focus of him. He talks about makeup and attitude when he gets a new guy in the team. So,
1: and it was a guy that you saw in the interview. He wanted to be an Angel. I mean, he, I yes. think he was the only guy that got a major league deal. Uh, or, the Ange- or the Angels are the only team that gave him a major league deal. And so you saw him wearing an angel's shirt and an Angel's hat during the interview, which, again, is is a guy that wants to be here.
0: Right. And I do think that um, it poses the interesting question about Joe Adell and Mickey Moniak, both very young, first round draft picks, like top 10 draft picks yeah, in their drafts. Both, yeah. High expectations have not really lived up to the hype quite yet. Still hope for both, I believe. But right now, it's pretty obvious that the starting three best outfielders are going to be Trout, Taylor Ward, and Hunter Renfro. And Perry has said, which makes a lot of sense, that Phillips will be the fourth outfielder on the MLB level. It's not saying that Del or Maniac couldn't also get a bench spot, but um, what makes sense to me is that Phillips is going to be the everyday fourth outfielder bench guy because... um, Another, he's, he's proven <laughs> another reason why i like it is because i it was annoying to me travis to see adele on the bench every day yeah when they would instead opt for like say trout uh or,
1: or a one lagara start you know no because
0: right? no don't don't just don't even but um <laughs> seeing a guy like adele or maniac on the bench uh you know for like you know five six times a week it was just like why not give the guy reps at some other level then yeah. or or yeah especially when we were out of the playoffs already, I was like, can we just give this guy some reps? But but either way, Travis, I'm of the opinion that um, I want those guys playing. I don't want them sitting on the bench. So have Phillips be the guy who definitely has a specific role, um, can platoon with a guy like Renfro if needed, but will probably just be a straight-up bench um, contributor uh, at the major league level, uh, and then have Adele and Moniak to develop their way and try to kind of prove, like, hey, I'm ready to be uh, a contributor. Maybe if Renfro goes down, I can see, I can almost see this, Travis. If Renfro or Ward goes down with injury or even Trout, I could see Adele or Maniac getting called up to the big league team and like starting with Phillips still as the bench guy. I just feel like Phillips is going to be yeah. the bench guy. Um, but obviously, it depends on how Adele and Maniac do um, and spring training in the minors and the majors. We'll see how that shapes up, but, um, a a lot of possibilities there for sure. I
1: I like what you said about the floors being raised for the angels. And, and and hopefully that floor is now, you know, somewhere hovering around like, like 78 to 80 wins. And of course the ceiling, I'm, I'm still confident the angels. If you tell me the angels, do you think they can win 90 plus games? I would say, of course they can, they can win 90 plus games. If all guys are healthy and all guys are contributing at the level that we know how, um, they definitely can win a uh, they can definitely go out there and win 90 something games. Uh, and I think Brett Phillips uh, it, it's, it's nice having a guy who plays um, excellent defense and again, is a great clubhouse guy. And it lets guys like Moniak and Adele really kind of develop in, in the path and in, in the time that they need. I feel like last year, it's so funny looking at last year, Alex, you, you have trout in center, you have Marsh and you have Adele at the corner outfield spots and And we saw in the first couple of months, they were just not MLB ready. I mean, they were just, there was, there was, there was so much more improvement, but we were still running them out there to, uh. To, to get reps. Now, of course, Marsh had uh, MLB ready defense, but Marsh at the plate we saw last year was um, a swing and miss almost every single at bat. But um, And then, of course, Adele definitely needed some more defensive help, Got went down to AAA. Um, I, I feel like they kind of played with him a little bit sometimes in AAA and bringing him back up to the majors, then putting him back down there. But um, it's nice having a guy like Phillips, like you mentioned. He is going to be their bench guy this season, uh, and, and that's strictly what he's brought in to do. And then, of course, come in late game, do some things, take Trout off his feet in the eighth or you know seventh inning if we're up big, go put him out there, and then uh, you know fill in for some other guys as well. So I do like that move. Um, getting him as kind of a depth piece that, again, that that's been the move of the angels all off season. I feel like you can honestly make like, like if you put every MLB teams, second team, the angels will be one of the best. <laughs> I mean, they have so many great depth guys that you kind of run out. Then you're like, man, like they actually have a good team sitting on the bench. And then their MLB team is very good when they're all performing at the right time. And at the, you know, they're all, they're all clicking in healthy. And of course, health is a big, big thing this year. So, um, good to kind of, touch on those two on those at least Pollock and Phillips of course we'll we'll, we'll touch on Cruz when we we kind of get near you know closer to this season. the season the Potters have basically been loading up all offseason as they do they've been every offseason they're going to be getting involved so Nelson, Nelson Cruz is a very nice veteran guy to go out there and hopefully just DH against lefties but we'll see exactly how his season goes but um, last thing I'll talk about with a uh, players to be acquired I know we're kind of covering up most of the acquisitions for the rest of the offseason we probably won't touch on too many more high-level acquisitions because they've all been done, but um, these are deals, Alex, that I can be seeing as, you know, being flipped sometime during the season, probably come July during the trade deadline. Deals that I guess they don't really make sense, but at the same time, it doesn't really hurt for some of these teams that aren't in the winning now mode to go out there and get deals like Red signing Will Myers to a one-year $7.5 million deal for to play first base. Pirates signing Rich Hill one-year $8 million. Rich Hill still chugging along in Major League Baseball. The Nationals signing Dominic Smith one-year $2 million. He was some guy that definitely had um, a lot of people highlighted his name come I think 2020. He had some very nice numbers in the past with the Mets and then of course the Cubs. They went out and actually acquired. They got Eric Hosmer. I think they're only giving him. for a one-year deal so Eric Hosmer again he signed that massive deal with the Padres I think back in like 2018 and I I think it's just been
0: I I forget if I forget how much money he's being paid by the Padres or how much is getting paid by like the Red Sox right yeah I I I get confused by it all but um yeah the, the Cubs are interesting
1: Travis getting Hosmer. They also and, had Drew Smiley, two years, 19 million, which I kind of thought was a little bit steep as well. I and mean, I
0: have Tucker Barnhart as well. So like okay, they're okay. definitely just trying to do something here. Yeah, they, yeah. they see the division is not that strong. The Brewers took a step back last year um, and they also just traded away Renfro for prospects. So um, maybe taking another step back, we'll see. Cardinals are going to be good, of course, but maybe, I mean, I, I feel like you always see some random team from the AL or NL Central just have a pretty good record because yeah. it feels like their yep. schedule is kind of weak. Um, I think there is a less of an emphasis on divisional play in the coming schedule uh, in the future. Yep.
1: Which will be which, fun. Which yep. I,
0: I, I am a big fan of because we always say, Travis, how many times do we have to play the
1: A's and the Rangers <laughs> over and over again? This year, I, I, I actually wouldn't mind playing the <laughs> playing the you, Oakland A's a couple of times but you, yeah.
0: you're, you're right in that saying that but I also uh, definitely like the change of pace change yes. of scenery yeah. playing more teams but either way the Cubs maybe see a bit of weakness in the division they say let's just add some depth pieces in Hosmer, Smiley, Barnhart, all those guys Travis if you told me none of them have high impact I'd say that makes sense if you said two of them had really good years I'd say that makes sense too yeah. so we'll see how they kind of pan out uh, with addition of guys like Swanson who they already added you know they could be kind of fun and frisky and a wild card scenario but i think there's um probably too many talented teams i mean if i just think off the top of my head let's just let those lock in the dodgers the The padres the mets the braves the phillies that's cardinals so that's six so they they have to be better than either the braves the mets the phillies or the padres which i think is the nl east just
1: beats up on one of those teams then yeah but yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, I mean, because yeah, the Braves had a, I think, a Met record, um, early in the year, and then they really just like yep. came out of nowhere and yep. took it from the Mets. But
1: I, I almost see Chicago hoping that you know, what if Bellinger? can somehow be a very productive player and some of these other guys um yeah some of these other guys uh strike gold as well again i i always kind of look at these deals as you know will it be a a valued trade somewhere down you know as the season progresses the cubs might be looking at a you know 10 games under 500 kind of record and they're like you know what we really don't have the strong push that we we think we can we can have, but we're going to move some of these guys and and you know maybe get some more prospects. I don't know exactly where the Cubs are at. I just know the NL Central. It's it's a division that I don't see. Um, As locked as some people might might see. I I think the Cardinals are very good. I think they're gonna win the division, but I think the Brewers, if they could still have some star power and some good offense, they could they can definitely see themselves winning that division. And then of course the uh the the Cubs. It's not impossible. I I don't I don't think it's it's as impossible as like the Marlins or the Nats winning the the National League East. Um I think the Cubs have a good team. I think they have built some good pieces, but I I just definitely am a little bit skeptical on some of the moves they make. I, I don't really know what direction they are. I think they're just definitely trying to put a good MLB team together and hope for the best. They got some pretty decent and big names on their roster. That's going to sell a lot of tickets in Chicago. So, um, that's basically everything I have to cover about those teams, those four teams getting those players, um, not, not some crazy signings, um, with, with all that. But Alex, I just wanted to ask you this one question as we've kind of been talking about the offseason for the better part of two months now, um, I wrote down, I, I, I have my five teams, but give me your five teams that you would say have had the best off season that have basically kind of changed. I wouldn't say changed the narrative, but have 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 definitely put other teams on notice what, what they have done. Put them in a the spot, Travis. I, I know. Could have told and, me and to you know what? There, there There are some, and you can kind of talk me through, it, but there are sure. some teams that you definitely can already say. Um, definitely I think deserved that spot but so far what do you think?
0: So I think uh, I'll just go with some big winners in my head a big winner has to be the Mets of course um, they had a big loss in DeGrom replaced them with Verlander added depth uh, I think Senga uh, could be just as good as Bassett, maybe better. I think that Quintana is an underrated pitcher, so they definitely did good there. Kept Nimmo, which was huge. Kept Diaz, which was huge. Pretty much addressed all the concerns anyone might have had about them. Missing out on Correa stinks, but they're still going to be so good, I think. As long as they get you know a nice healthy production from everybody um so they're in a good spot in my mind i think the yankees had an underrated offseason just keeping Mm -hmm. judge i mean they were a really really good team last year of course second half um they had some skids and to feel like Joe's kind of judge and the scraps versus like the world. But um I do think that judge has to just be, you know, a standard all-star starter kind of guy. He doesn't have to be MVP. And there's enough help with guys like Rizzo, Uh a full year of Bader. We'll see what he can produce. I saw a fangrass projection, Travis. They projected like a four-something war out of wow. Bader. Wow. But I think all that's from the defense. Plus maybe the bat maybe clicks a bit more in Yankee Stadium. We'll see. But uh, I like I like what the Yankees have done, especially adding Rodon. Um, has been one of my favorite pitchers the last few seasons. I've always wanted him to go to a team that I like. He will be a Yankee instead, and I think that uh, it's a good fit for them. Uh, one of the best front twos of any rotation in baseball
1: could be the best. Honestly, yeah, I'd have to take yeah. a look at other options, but could be the best. I think Judge gave them a B plus in my opinion for the off season, but Rodon gave them the A. I, I think that's
0: oh i see what you mean yeah. that, that i thought I, you meant judge was giving out the
1: grade i was like oh no no I was no, like, no 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 like no, no, the no, judge yeah. say that No, yeah Get, getting judge back was of course the goal they did that yeah. um after how scary it was when we always we saw was uh um brian cashman re-signing himself <laughs> it was right it, it was definitely scaring me or at least probably scaring yankee fans like oh god here here it goes like we just don't we don't care anymore but um go ahead you have mets yankees who else three other teams that you think um best best had the had the best offseason so far
0: yeah Travis. of course we're going to be a little bit biased here that's what we do off the say the angels give them a shout out <laughs> i th- i think that they're just they're just if if i told you that if you told me that they were going to add like five mlb like contributor players yeah i'd be like that's pretty surprising because it's always like maybe one or two substantial names and then like lots of like guys that maybe can give you like one war like or maybe even zero like a like a like a Kurt Suzuki type like a Matt Duffy type um but instead it's like no we're actually gonna get guys we're gonna spend a bit more money give out some more multi-year deals you know not really afraid to uh you know shake things up a bit um they're a much deeper team than they were last year and last year the biggest problem uh was with Travis Mm -hmm. We, we would see in like in the middle of the losing streak we look at our our batting order and like six through nine was those, guys who those. were not mlb ready uh hitters andrew, 600 ops <laughs> andrew velasquez tyler wade uh amongst others you know not to throw them under the bus but it was definitely lots of uh, poor offensive performers uh, unfortunately and i think that now if Rendon goes out like he did last year we can have urshela there we can put him back at third base um, if there's an injury to Fletcher, like he was hurt at the beginning of the year last year, Drew, can play second base. You know, these guys are going to have versatility. I also saw some some crazy quote from Drury about he really worked on defense this offseason and like increased his range and he's opened up playing shortstop if possible that would blow my mind <laughs> that'd be
1: great if he could be a, if a, he could be a good, good defensive shortstop yeah. but
0: i really see him at second base probably yeah. some also first base and third just depending on injuries in the scenario um hoping for a bounce back from walsh i saw a quote today from perry manassian saying all injuries from last season like c-rod chris rodriguez the uh bullpen kind of starter type excited to see him um yeah. he he was very good in 2021 underrated in my opinion kind of slept on then got hurt and missed time canning is supposed to be a full go for spring training and walsh full go for spring training so i mean if we can just stay healthy i mean that's just been like the uh you know it's like the boy who cried wolf at this point but yeah. um if we can be healthy i think that they are a team to uh be feared uh in in many ways um i'm trying to pick a couple other teams here yeah. i think two more good teams off- got right seasons.
1: um let's see uh if you need help i have the Padres. Uh, I, of course, I think course the, the Bogarts yeah. signing, and of course, um, what's funny is being involved in the Trey Turner and the Aaron Judge market. It's just so I think nice to see a team like that um, still being involved in all these different um, high-level players. I, I I personally had the Padres because of just the moves they made, and then of course with some of these DH and some of these depth options. I feel like Matt Carpenter was just kind of a Let's let's go out there and get a guy that had you know an unreal 2022 season, and and maybe he can have somewhat of a, of a similar. Um, I I would bet that it's going to be worse than 2022 i don't think he's going to have that sort of season but um it's good depth
0: also them adding bogarts is just so funny because they had a pretty solid middle infield with hacyon kim and kronenworth in the playoffs they're already getting tatis back who is their shortstop now the right fielder obviously will be probably an outfielder next year but it's just a funny you're you're already getting back a superstar shortstop and then you signed another superstar shortstop so um, they're just a team that's going to buckle up and double down, which you know we, of course, respect. Um, I'll also give some credit to, um, I was going to say the Twins, just because uh, the Correa deal, I think really, it doesn't scare me per se, but yep. I just do think it puts them a much higher ceiling. Yes. And I could see them winning the division being like an 88 90 win team i could yes. see that as in their future based on the good depth moves they made we already discussed on the podcast you know hoping for a gallo bounce back and then of course uh correa just a, a ceiling razor floor raiser, just does it all um will be a contributor night in night out
1: um we, we saw a 2019 twins team that won over 100 games that i i don't think anyone ever thought they'd win 100 games that right. year, um and they definitely shocked a lot of people. So. Um uh, I, I do believe Sano is still on their team and he had a monster twenty nineteen year, at least with the power. But um guys like that that could may, maybe get clicking, um, they, they they could really, you know, they could they could they could definitely get surprise something, a lot of people. Yeah, get
0: something out of those types of guys and I'll just throw out affiliates as a last name just because of course we know they added bullpen pieces. Yes, good. And Trey Turner is just such a uh i mean just looking at what they had last year in the middle infield spots i just i'm not super high on segura they lose segura and are adding trey turner would probably stop moving over to second base i just think it's such a huge improvement to their lineup um just to their overall composition as a team he's such a huge addition so um
1: i i would have said and i think i said when the season ended that the phillies um what happened in october was just kind of a um out of the blue it it was just a random you know three weeks of the random three three weeks of uh of good baseball i was not i i definitely thought that next year the phillies would again finish in third place now would they be a playoff team i don't know would the brewers get better maybe um would the giants uh get better i know judge was definitely high on their radar if they landed judge it would definitely make things interesting but with all the moves they've done so far um I, I actually I, I'm still thinking the Phillies will possibly still be a third place team, Alex, but I think that now you're Could looking be. N- now you're looking at like a ninety-five win third place team, which would be insane if the NL East has that many wins because there's not so many uh, games played against your division rivals um, this year you're, you're more spreading it out so uh, it, it could be it could be them winning 95 it could be the Braves winning 98 it could be the Mets winning 102 and it's just like the spread is seven games between first and third place and, and, and that's pretty insane to look at when you got all those three all three of those teams possibly even having a better record than any other NL team uh, that that you can name I mean if the Dodgers win 94 that that and the Padres win 90 it'd be it'd be impressive but um, I, I think the Phillies definitely raised uh, raised their floor from what they did last year. I think what was it, eighty eight wins they had last year, or eighty, maybe it was ninety wins. I, I can't remember. I, I just knew that they were, of course, um, the last week of the season they got into the playoffs, um, and then of course they sparked and, and caught fire and, and had an unbelievable two week stretch. But um, Any- I, I, I definitely like what the Phillies have done. They, Taiwan Walker, um, and then also just reloading that bullpen i know they lost zach eflin but you know i I definitely like soto um david robertson should be somewhat of a good depth move right there and then of course trey turner i mean trey turner and stott is such a fun middle infield i like those two um working together and then of course um and harper is he he's healthy right did did he did he undergo some sort of surgery i think he's gonna miss time he will i'm not 100 i think he's gonna miss time yeah okay then you got um, Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and Brandon Marsh basically patrolling that outfield, which I mean that alpha is going to hit a lot of home runs and they're going to do a good job. So, um, yeah, I, I, I really don't have any too many, too many worries with the Phillies right now until Harper comes back. And I think he's going to be, of course, their DH. I think that's what kind of the, right. The move is. So, um, I, I, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely high on them. The last team I did have instead of the angels, Alex, mm-hmm. I did have the Rangers just because of the big names that they've been going after. That's and fair. Um, just just what they've done and from news that i've been hearing so far on twitter even tonight um they're not done i know brian reynolds is definitely speculating with what um they can offer in a trade and i know the rangers have been saying that they are are, are still in on a guy like brian reynolds which of course just makes the division and makes the wild card race just that much more interesting so um th- those are my five teams but i it seems of course we're very similar on, on, our, on our teams it's the teams in new york it's the phillies it's the padres Um, and then of course you have some other sleeper teams in there, but, um, one, one interesting question I'll ask you as well, but who had the worst off season,
0: the worst off season. That's interesting. You could view that
1: two I got, I got one team and I I think, you know, who I'm going to pick. Yeah.
0: Um, so one team comes to mind (laughs) in terms of they've made a trade that they didn't get anything back. I'm not sure if that's what you're leaning.
1: Yep. That's the way I'm leaning.
0: I, I, I can, I can view that question two ways as in a team that, uh, just didn't do anything and kind of wasted their chances. Or I can also view it as a team that maybe did some good stuff, but they just could have done a lot more. I'm trying to figure out how I want to take this, but.
1: uh, and, And one team I'll even throw out there, almost like a Milwaukee Brewers.
0: They're a team who year after year, Travis, we like, want them to do a little bit more yeah. than they do. They they
1: probably got worse, honestly. I yeah, mean, I, losing Renfro, they get Winker and they get Toro, but it's just kind and of and they like, lose Wong, yeah. So they they lose, just like you, you you lose some of your big pieces, and it's it's confusing to me for a Brewers fan for a team that should be over five hundred and should be competing for the division and also a wild card spot. They just can't seem to show their fan base that, hey, we're, we're, we're truly committed to building this offense for this pitching staff that is so good.
0: So if I had to look at some other good teams that are looking to win a World Series— I'm going to take it that direction, which is not really what you're asking. But what team has World Series hopes and I feel like should have done more this offseason? One I could talk about is the Dodgers. I'm not going to say they had the worst offseason.
1: They'll they'll be just fine. (laughs) Syndergaard will be Cy Young (laughs) numbers right there.
0: Exactly. And that's why their smartness makes up for the lack of spending they they did this year. I'm very surprised that they didn't do a little bit more. The one dub uh, in my book for them is they are not keeping Bauer despite he is being reinstated. Uh, We didn't really get into that at all. We don't really have to, but I am very, 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 uh, I have no idea. I have no idea if he is going to be pitching next season for what team, who's going to take that risk in the clubhouse, um, he hasn't faced MLB bats yep. in over a season and a half, so I'm just wondering. Change
1: Changeup looks pretty good, though, you know, according to his agent. According to his agent on against, Twitter, against high school high school batters, which it, it seemed to be, but
0: at the end of the day, Travis, I'm not sure who's gonna take a risk on him, but I feel like someone probably will. I'm just not sure what to expect, but the Dodgers, um, I feel like they're they're still probably not even done yet either. They'll probably make some mm-hmm. move before spring training begins some trade or something Uh, another team that comes to mind travis who i just wish they would do a little bit more is the st louis cardinals and Mm -hmm. yes they did get wilson Contreras, who is a great addition i think a solid upgrade above yadi or molina can also play some outfield if needed he's going to be a good presence in the lineup but i just feel like what they really needed to do was trade for Shohei Ohtani. And obviously Ohtani, Ohtani was not on the, on the block, right? Like according to Perry Manassian, he was not listening to offers. I just think exactly what they need is an ace right-handed starting pitcher that can blow a pass guys. Cause most of the, of their starting pitchers have been like these finesse lefty guys. They have Montgomery Montgomery. last year. Quintana was kind of like that. Um,
1: Miles Mikolos and Dakota Hudson. It's just, it's not, it's not, not sexy names. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And I think that a guy like Otani is, I mean, of course, Jaros, every team, Otani is a great fit, but um, the Cardinals specifically, he addressed their two biggest weaknesses, which were an ace starting pitcher and we didn't even mention Wayne, right? Who just like yeah, how yeah. is he like you're gonna give him like 20 starts this year? Like, I don't like that yeah, that, that game yeah. plan, but yeah, that's um, true. Getting a flamethrowing trusty ace like Otani, who was arguably the best pitcher in baseball last year, by for my money at least. Also, they are lacking in a left-handed power bat slash DH, which is exactly what Otani is. Yeah. They don't really have a, a, a lock for DH in my mind. It could be some games, Newt Bar, Yepes, you know, different guys, yeah. but um I just feel like there is no team that made more sense to like Otani fits all of our holes, and we now have no weaknesses. It would yeah. have been the Cardinals. True. Also, if they didn't get Otani, I wish they would have got a Rodon type or another ace type or a left-handed slugger um, in some way. I just feel like—
1: um, I was even thinking shortstop. They, they were in on all those guys. Bogarts they, was linked to them for a very long time, and it's like that infield will be—that was basically me— um thinking of Thanos' uh um th- that was the last infinity stone right there. Right. I mean getting I like a guy the- like Bogart's you now have an infield that is just like Edmund, Bogart's Arenado, Goldschmidt, and now you have Wilson and Tourist behind the plate, that is just insane right there.
0: And it it just feels like if they win Can them and the Brewers like link up and like become one team and that'd be fun i guess but but Terrence, <laughs> i'm just thinking if they win like 94 games win the division losing the first round it's, yeah what are the fans gonna say man i mean i just feel like they need something to go over the top to yeah. really say we can look at the mets we can look at the dodgers and the braves and say we are on your guys' level or we could beat you in a series we, we like our chances yeah um and i right now i don't like our chances in a series against those teams because i don't think the pitching is as trustworthy some of the bats are very good but i would like to have added a little bit more reinforcement enforcement a lefty slugger would have fit perfect in my mind so i'm gonna say the cardinals it's like if i it's say true. That, yeah are they did they have the worst offseason no but i think maybe one of the most disappointing when you had higher hopes than what yep. they actually went and did good
1: stuff good stuff and and that's why last year they when they played the phillies in the wild card round three games um in the wild card round of course two wins and you advance the phillies had aaron nola and zach wheeler those were the those are the x factors in my mind that basically took them to the level of sweeping the Cardinals in the first round yeah there was an eighth inning or a ninth inning comeback by the Phillies that you know was definitely very surprising I think we all thought that the Cardinals were just going to take game one but um, it, it's it's you, with the playoff system and the way that it's all formatted you definitely need um, you you definitely need some very strong starting pitching to get you out of that wild card round and to, uh, to get you in the division series. And so I, I I definitely could agree with you that the Cardinals, it just seemed like they just weren't making the aggressive moves when they're, they should be the National League Central champions this year. That's no, there's there's no doubt in my mind. And I think most fans would agree, but would you say are, are they a favorite to get to the World Series? I mean, I think the Padres, I think the Dodgers, I think the Phillies, Braves, and the Mets all are, better odds to get to the world series the cardinals just kind of dangle there and it's like you're probably going to lose in the wild card or you're probably going to lose in the division i don't know which one but i don't see you guys catching fire and, and really you know putting up a, a good fight against some of these teams so that's definitely a good team to talk about where they're, they're they they definitely are a division uh winner in my mind but the big the big prize is the world series and getting and winning at least the national league and getting to the world series where it just seems like they don't make the moves to get there where you know a team like Oakland it's like yeah you made a bad trade um so did Joe Biden but i mean uh with with uh <laughs> with uh Britney grinder but i mean at least with Oakland you didn't spend a lot of money and um y- you kind of know what the Oakland A's um uh, you know i think the Oakland A's are more focused on moving to Vegas i think that's their almost their 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 biggest uh
0: Their days are numbered yeah their
1: days are numbered in oakland even rob manfred i think he stated in the last month that it's not looking good for the oakland a's for uh, for the future so um you definitely know the a's are like you know what let's just get draft picks let's just start getting all that stuff done but um that that basically covers everything alex i know i want to cut touch on one last thing it's definitely a sore subject it's unfortunate but um liam Hendricks, he of course will i i I don't know how long he's going to miss i know He was diagnosed with um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a a kind of cancer. Um, Is is it skin cancer? Um, I'm not
0: sure where it is. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, but it is non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I do, you know, of course, uh, the whole baseball world uh, giving their hearts out to the family and, you know, hoping for a speedy recovery. He is one of the most competitive baseball players in MLB. If you had to make it like a top five competitive players, he brings such an intensity that you can only assume that he's going to bring that same kind of intensity
1: to a battle with cancer you know of course the best clip was him at the all-star game when he was didn't know if he was mic'd up or not 2021 but, i believe but yeah. at colorado and he was screaming every cuss word after a pitch because it was a ball but you're right his, the, the, his, his the catcher, competitive nature is, is awesome the yeah. catcher comes up to him and he's like aren't you mic'd up why are you like, swearing no, it's not he's working like, they're not saying anything <laughs> but it's like we could hear you bud but it was it, joe bucks is not saying a word
0: <laughs> it, it, it's absolute classic um and he's of course a just uh you know such a i think important mlb player and you know hoping he recovers quickly can be back on the field doing what he loves very quickly um but yeah you know obviously the baseball world is embracing him and hoping that he uh
1: gets well soon Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's it it sucks that, you know, you look at this again, you know, I I go back to the whole Trey Mancini thing where um he had to battle, you know, cancer a couple years back, but with with all the support and and you know the the treatment that you know was able to get back on the field and you know win a World Series last year, which is it was amazing right there. And he actually um this season had i mean in some very good bright spots with trey mancini but he
0: made that um, one defensive play in the world series yes i think he probably closed his eyes and did it but it didn't matter it was so good again
1: again i i don't know how he made it but he made the play and it's it's probably one of the most ballsiest plays i've ever seen i mean it was kyle schwarber hitting by
0: 110 right your face uh, or whatever
1: uh, yeah uh, unbelievable but um anything else to cover i think with this episode as we kind of you know I guess we, we're almost wrapping up the offseason, like I mentioned. We're going to get into Hall of Fame talking, who who we think should at least um, either stay on the ballot or who should be, of course, entering Cooperstown this summer. That'll be, of course, some of the next episodes we talk about. But, of course, any news breaks, we'll, we'll get it to you guys. But anything else to cover, Alex?
0: No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. The free agents are almost completely gone, um, at least the ones that are notable that are expected to make a big impact next season. Um, There still could be trades coming up. I do expect there to be more deals. I feel like the Dodgers still have some, you know, places to address. I can see them making moves. I feel like Pablo Lopez, like I mentioned, might get dealt. But, you know, we'll cover those things as they come along in the coming weeks. Travis, like you mentioned, uh, one of our next episodes uh, will be about our thoughts on the Hall of Fame ballot, how we would probably vote on the ballot. And then, of course, we'll do a reaction to um, anyone who might enter Cooperstown uh i'm excited for that whole season and then right after that travis we're going to jump straight into you know our positional rankings our probably our thoughts on different divisions um at some point in in late february early march or some point we'll have to make some sort of vegas trip like we always do and play some more bets but um can't wait for the you know things are ramping up travis like you said is only a handful of weeks away from catchers and pitchers reporting um can't wait for it all to get started but um if you made it this far in this episode we appreciate your support always uh like subscribe do all that kind of fun stuff and we will talk to you guys on the next episode
1: presented by tool tools podcast (laughs)